0: hello canada and the rest of the world and welcome once again to the netflix podcast the show where we review the movies available to stream on canadian netflix i'm dylan clark moore and i am joined once again today by my illustrious co-host caroline deason
1: oh that's nice hi dylan how are you
0: i'm good i'm good back from england i was gonna say the orient i'm not sure why (laughs) very old england (laughs)
1: yes back i from- assume
0: anything that's more east than me is the
1: <laughs> right okay because you're from 1950 mm-hmm. <laughs> but you- england where tolkien's from oh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's you haven't been introduced yet you can't say anything establishing these rules <laughs> that don't exist kidding. There will be structure. <laughs> Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> There's a ghost. It's
2: a mystery man.
0: <laughs> and also here today is a new friend to the podcast. There's been some discussion about nomenclature here, <laughs> so Mr. Chris de Hoog. But yes. if you hear us call him Hoog, that's it's the same guy. That's also right. Sufficient.
1: Yes. Yeah. So Hoog and I have been BFFs since two thousand one.
3: Yes. A- right. Project Wise concerts.
1: Oh my god. Swollen Members. Why did you say this? It, it was a Biff Naked concert, <laughs> and those others were opening, and we happened to be there.
3: Yes, in all our Ugh. 2001 glory.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: So, Caroline, start us off. Anything cool that you've been watching yeah. on Netflix?
1: Yeah, so I just watched a movie called Grandma. The it's... Lily Tomlin one. Exactly. The Lily Tomlin one. Have you seen it? I have not. So, we are fans of Grace and Frankie, Dylan and I. The
0: biggest fans. Yeah,
1: huge fans of Grace and Frankie. And Grandma stars Lily Tomlin basically playing frankie in a different role like if she was called frankie nobody would bat an eye, and it was fantastic except it was much gayer than grace and frankie sorry it was much more lesbian than grace and frankie which i was a fan of so right do, do recommend
0: and how about you Hoog? <laughs> is there anything interesting you've been watching on netflix
3: uh good and bad uh there was one night we watched uh the do-over uh
0: yes i saw that on your letterbox yes
3: now we Went in after a long day and said, let's watch something stupid and brainless. And this was the first thing that came up. And it definitely met those qualifications. <laughs> those That's two hours of my life. I wouldn't
1: mind having it yeah, It's done. two hours long? Yeah. Well, about that. But yeah, it's, oh my well, it's God. like
3: five minutes
0: try. Yeah. yeah. We started it and I was like, I, I was doing everything I could to stay in the mood for it I was like I'm drinking I'm eating tacos <laughs> <laughs> but no we just we couldn't get through it after yeah, that it's... after the threesome we just kind of
3: yeah that, like that, that's a good stopping point right there I think yeah. yeah I
0: figured if yeah it's not it's not gonna peak after
3: this so. no it's <laughs> Is all... the
1: threesome involving David Spade
3: David Correct. Spade
1: disgusting and Luis Guzman. I'm not sure who that
3: is. Uh, you would know him to see I, him. Yeah,
0: you know Luis Guzman. He was the uh, he's the former. He the guy the in, 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 in punch Love? As soon yeah. as yeah, as soon as I said <laughs> I'm not sure who that is, I thought,
1: oh, that's the Punchdrunk Love guy. Yeah,
0: okay. you, there may be a scene where his scrotal sweat drips onto David Spade's face.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. So now you want so to what I've we're also talking seen the about? Movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I will never be able to unsee the
1: movie <laughs> that I've never actually. I will say seen. it's good
3: to see David Spade getting work.
1: Really? Anyway, what's the good thing that you were watching?
3: Uh... Another Netflix original, Lady Dynamite. I've started watching that. Okay, Maria yeah. Bamford's show. Only a couple episodes in, but it's it's a wild ride. It's uh, a lot of fun.
0: Well, the movie that we're here to talk about this week is from the year two thousand and two. We're going to be. Ta-
1: <laughs> they keep going. This is the background.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm swimming in it. It's just so <laughs> glorious. This is the extended version of the podcast. <laughs> you
2: do it's the a bass whole like,
0: bunch of extra. We're going to be talking about Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers Extended Edition.
1: Yay!
3: True edition, some might say. That's
1: right. The the one the one true the edition. The one
3: true yeah. edition of the one middle half of Middle the, half? The story. Middle third. I'm sorry. The story. Middle half, yes.
0: <laughs> Before we get into it, I should let you know that today's episode of the Netflix podcast is brought to you in part by UnLondon's 121 Studios, London's premier digital media hub and co-working space. Visit 121studios.ca for more information. So Netflix describes this movie in a couple of ways. First, when you hover over the title, it says, A Fellowship Broken, A Rescue Mission, Into Enemy Territory, and Evil Ceaselessly Watching. The legendary saga continues.
1: Oh, that's very good. Dramatic, yeah. yes. Well played. Much, so much better than most of them. Yeah, excellent.
3: It's hard to screw this movie up, though. Really.
0: Uh,
1: yes. Let's 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 listen and see. Let's find out.
3: <laughs> when you click on the title,
0: it uh, gets a little bit more presumptuous that maybe you've seen the first one. It says Frodo and Sam head to Mordor to destroy the One Ring of Power, while Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn search for the orc-captured Merry and Pippin.
1: Okay. Mm yeah that's very descriptive of the actual plot and okay fairly accurate yeah all right
0: uh the genres that this movie belongs to according to netflix are action and adventure adventures and epics (laughs) and action (laughs) oh and sci-fi and fantasy i was gonna
1: say no fantasy okay Hmm.
0: i had it in the wrong category (laughs) and the moods it assigns are imaginative and dark 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 okay at points sure yeah like visually sure right yeah (laughs) what about the dank (laughs) so uh hoog i believe that you were the uh contributing voice in deciding to do this movie so what
3: made you want to talk about lord of the rings and specifically two towers well for starters talking about movies with caroline i think lord of the rings always comes up it's another cornerstone of friendship i suppose (laughs) and uh netflix for some reason only has two towers extended I don't know what executive chose this but yeah can i stop you there yeah, for a sure.
0: second because i do want to hear the rest of your answer so in case anybody hasn't checked this out lord of the rings on netflix right now is a little batshit because <laughs> you've got fellowship of the ring regular edition
1: theatrical edition
0: theatrical edition yes. thank you fellowship of the ring theatrical edition two towers extended edition return of the king theatrical edition but the poster says it's the extended edition. Oh really?
1: Yeah. No, oh, it. what a piss off.
3: I just I saw the runtimes.
0: Yeah, so kind of it's just, like, it's it's a big jumble, and if you type in Lord of the Rings, the suggested ones are things like, oh, did you mean to search for Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition Disc 2? I'm like, what are you, what
2: are
3: you even <laughs> doing, with Netflix? Like, you can't handle what's going on right now. The catalog really bugs me that way, because you'll, you'll type in something that you know used to be on there. Yeah. Like, I lo- I looked for Limitless, and it... Did you mean Limitless? Yeah. Do, do you have it? Well, well no, <laughs> but here's some other junk. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, so that kind of threw me off, because when I... I in leading up to this I was like sure I'll at least watch fellowship and two towers so that you know it's all fresh in my mind so I watched it the way that Netflix had it I watched the theatrical edition of fellowship and then extended edition of this and it's just it's
3: crazy that why
0: not just just do both yeah or have yeah. all six yeah. that's the best option because then you can choose which ones you want yeah, yeah for sure
3: cuz the fi- or the extended's not for everybody like that's 4 hours of movies a lot for some people especially sometimes people find these movies a little dry a little slow so the Especially when people
0: good. have to watch a movie in a
3: very fixed <laughs> timeline in order to prepare for a podcast. <laughs> While also being an adult, yeah.
1: But we definitely we wanted to pick the extended edition because we really prefer the extended edition.
3: Yeah, like I, I really feel it is the definitive version. It's such an epic tale to kind of condense into three movies. Okay.
1: Well, and I, I was telling you the other day that if we did the theatrical version on a podcast the whole podcast would just be me being like in the extended edition like they hipster. have yeah. exactly yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we do feel that that's like the
3: the true director's cut it's not just fan service like let's fill it in with all the extra junk that i didn't yeah use. it's very unlike peter jackson to not go to the fan service but yeah no i, I really feel it's the way it should have been and i think the way he intended it and it makes a better cohesive whole as well so do you find
0: the both of you because i i kind of found it this way because i i saw all of the all the movies originally in their theatrical versions in a theatrical setting mm-hmm. um so when i first saw the extended cuts or the extended editions which i haven't ever seen for return of the king by the way <laughs> Ooh. Ooh,
1: it's like the most n- necessary one of the three
0: <laughs> so it was kind of like a game to just be like oh that's new that's yeah. not familiar Because mm-hmm. for all the movies i've seen them all more than once in theaters
1: whenever i watch these m- movies with someone if i'm watching the extended one i always am like this is extended. Like right. I am I'm, yeah. I'm that asshole who is holding up flashcards. Yeah. No, I say it a lot like I'm like elbowing this is extended.
3: There's a little card in the DVD and you're like, now we're on this scene and this one is extended. <laughs> exactly. But then along with that, when I know that something
0: is extra, I, I think in my brain I'm thinking about it being added on top and not necessarily it being fleshed out for the whole thing. So sometimes when I'm seeing the scene, I'm like, really? Like this is this is what you like you felt like you needed to add this extra part in here, like do I need to hear Anwin singing? do I need to? Or is that part extra? That's not that's okay. not extended. Do is I it? need to do I, I need to remember. see no, I don't think do so. I need to see the hobbits like discover the pantry at the end like that sort of thing?
1: Well, that's a fantastic scene. It, okay, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It, it makes it makes sense. I there mean, are a
1: couple that uh, that I've been like, oh, you know, this is just silly that they're adding this. But then there are some that are directly from the book. And another reason that I'm really happy that Hoog's here is because he's the authority on, yeah, on the oh books. Well in I my life high, anyway yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: in your life we'll, we'll go with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I mean the uh, the scene where they are drinking the, the water and they, they start growing the, I'm talking about Merry and Pippin like that's um, the closest that the movies come to you, a Tom Bombadil uh, Tom reference Tom Bombadil right?
3: yeah pretty much yeah. yeah and even in Return of the King the book they, when they go back to the Shire everyone's commenting how the two of them are way taller and you know yeah. gossiping as hobbits do yeah. so yeah that was a nice little nod to something they couldn't really do at the end of the series
1: in high school i used to watch every christmas break my friends and i used to watch the three movies back to back to back and the first year we did it we watched all three extended and then we decided that the next year that fellowship can be the theatrical version and that this movie two towers and return of the king needed to be extended so fellowship doesn't add a lot anyways exactly it's not the fellowship extended is not there's not many scenes
3: period and they're not super relevant from what i recall it's been a few years since i watched Right, all of them theatrical or extended sorry
1: yeah but this one i think adds the extended edition really makes a difference
3: yeah for sure
0: so you did you choose this one because it was the only one that is the extended edition
3: or that and also because i watching it again it kind of drove home for me how this is more essentially the heart of the whole trilogy or rather the whole heart of the story because it's not intended to be a trilogy originally I feel like a lot of the decisions made this set the arc for the rest of the franchise, for the rest of the story. We can get into more specifics on it later, but this is really, I think, if you're going to talk about The Lord of the Rings for one movie, this is the one to, to watch. It's your
1: main potatoes?
3: Yeah, it's, it's the heart of the story.
1: I also just think it's the best one of the three.
3: That and objectively, yeah, it's overall, I would say it's my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's for that
0: same reason, that it's like right when you're in the thick of it and that you're not spending a whole lot of time getting to, you know... Because, I mean, the introductions yeah. for things take a while. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. It doesn't have a whole lot of rising action, and it doesn't have a lot of denouement because it's the middle part. So, you know, it's all just neat. Yeah, just and nice. Fellowship
3: lays it on thick. It has to. There's a lot of real building you have to rush into, and you're trying to come in, and you're around three hours long, and, you know, you need to set up a whole world here. Two towers, just right from the get-go, assumes, you know what's going on, let's just run with it
1: literally they are running running (laughs) across Middle Earth. For a
3: good half an hour.
1: (laughs) And I also think that the Helm's Deep battle is the best battle of the whole trilogy.
0: Just before we get into the specifics of this movie in particular, just want to touch a little bit on what it's like to watch these movies again, because this is something that I think a lot of people watched a lot. Like, I believe that I saw each of these more than once in theaters, and then just when they came out on DVD, just consuming them constantly. And it's kind of strange for something that's so so long and so epic for it to be so continuously consumable but I found in this watching that because I've spent so much time with them that I kind of had some fun nitpicking as well and pointing at some of the silly stuff Mm -hmm. and just being able to to laugh at I don't even want to call them mistakes because that seems just mean because I feel like the third time I watched it I didn't care but now that I'm on this like yeah continuously repeating oh yeah one of of
1: my favorite things to do while watching it and and whenever i would get together with my friends every christmas and watch 12 hours of straight Mm -hmm. lord of the rings like clearly we love these yeah exactly clearly we love these movies and we're all complete nerds for them but what we do the whole time is this running commentary on how ridiculous it is (laughs) like Scenes, especially there's an extended scene in The Two Towers where Aragorn and Gandalf have this kind of little aside where they're just, like, chuckling to each other, and we just love to point that stuff out and make fun <laughs> right. of it. Or, like, yeah.
3: Aragorn's soup face. Soup he, face. he's eating... Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's extended. And like, yeah, it's extended. And like, <laughs> what
1: do your elf eyes see? Okay, yeah, that was the yes. one that set me off. Because yes. I was like,
0: you don't need to tell this man what species
3: he is <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> and as i said like it starts off so well where it's like you know we just let hit the ground literally running and we know what's up to speed and then all of a sudden hey legolas El- you're an elf right right
1: <laughs> well it's it's yeah because oh well elves must be able to see farther but you know l- people watching this have no idea so let's lay it on as thick as possible right you know?
0: but you, that's the thing is like the first couple of times you're like oh yeah because you always probably got like really good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then after
3: you say you're like
2: Jesus, what? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> but it's like they, they take the time to explain. Yeah, Legolas has L5s, but they don't explain Aragorn's ear to the ground, just dist- great distance tracking. Yeah, it's like well, maybe you should spend some time. Ration- well, that's that's the showing. Yeah, that, uh, you know, they they show yeah. that they show him. You know, but they hands do. And knees I mean, in the
1: in the Fellowship, when the at, when you very first meet Aragorn and they call him Strider, like they do talk about how Stralia. he's a yeah, they do talk about how he's a one of the Dúnedain and everything. And mm-hmm. I guess like it's it's supposed to be understood that because he's he's this then he must be have some weird like salt of the earth type of yeah but it's talons.
3: like elf yeah we we get they have good vision but maybe we need a refresher on what the dunedain are like right. what makes him so special well
0: yeah. i think that when we see him do the tracking that
3: yeah is that's enough. showing us that he's
1: good yeah he's at good tracking. at tracking yeah right their hands were bound <laughs> their bonds were cut <laughs> yeah, I love that.
0: so do we have any kind of
3: favorite silly things oh or? my god so many well, actually, that's one thing I wanted to mention, too. Like, this movie has become so, let's say, memefied. Right. There's so many lines in this that have been put in so many exploitable memes. They're taking like the, the hobbits Elfis. to Isengard. Yeah, like, Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? And then there's been, like, a thousand cuts of him staring at weird anime things <laughs> or whatever. And, like, Boromir, is, like, has been the most memeified, I'm going to run with that, uh, <laughs> character good. around. Like, the, you know, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Right. And, Like, how how did you guys feel, like, knowing, seeing these...
1: I think that's out of love, though. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: like, do you feel it kind of makes them feel sillier? Like, does it... Okay, Has has it reflected back on your enjoyment of the actual movies? No,
1: because, like I said, like, back in, you know, the early 2000s, when these were, you know, just fresh. Like, I remember getting, like, the that huge big dvd uh extended where it was like you know the size of a book and they made it look like a book yeah, and yeah. You, had, you had to switch discs and everything you know we love these movies but we did love making fun of them too yeah that's all it was all just part of the experience so when i see like that youtube video of the potatoes boil them mash them in <laughs> the soup boil them boil them boil, like like i love those it's, it's all just it augments <laughs> my love for these movies it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from it yeah what about you does it take stuff away
3: i find myself laughing when i don't want to like i don't want to be laughing at some of the po- at some of the points like the council of Elrond is you know really it's a lot it's a pronounced chapter in this in the book it's this important meeting where a lot of fates are decided and all i can think about watching it is when does that simply walk into mordor <laughs> right I, I found myself mad when i saw that scene because when he's doing the the hand, the
0: hand thing judging. that he's doing he's not talking he's not saying the line that's when he's saying the old scene yeah eye. the meme is wrong yeah. Yeah. Like, God damn it yeah. <laughs> i don't know if it makes it worse but it does make it more of like a a distanced thing like it
1: oh it so does it doesn't for me i have the exact se- uh, exact opposite um reaction because the only reason that those memes ring true to me is because i have that love for the movie anyway you know what i mean sure. sure
0: i just think for me like the the time that i enjoyed these movies the most was probably the first time that i watched them because there was this total immersion like i remember being Awestruck when the and like Lord of the Rings comes up. It was like those oh, I still, know, it was right I still up. Feeling, it's just right just up the there. Feels. It's right up there with Star Wars. Like just right. feeling it yeah. right at the moment. This these amazing title cards and just feeling like part of this world, but then to kind of be aware of little things like trivia, like the, the whole thing with apparently Viggo Mortensen when he's mad that the hobbits have been killed and he thinks they're they're burned alive in the pile and he kicks the orc head. And he screams out, "Ah, apparently, like he broke his toe when he did that, oh, and that right. scream was yeah. legit, <laughs> so just knowing those little kinds of things, are just you become more aware that it's a movie right, or that somebody wrote the script and it, it it's not as magical,
1: but you know that they were based on books, right like <laughs> yeah. right but that's that's,
0: the, that's often the the joy of movie making is this disappearing into this world and kind of forgetting that you're watching a movie because everything feels so vibrant and so so lifelike and I mean that's often the power of these movies is because of the amazing music and the amazing scenery and the amazing textiles and costuming and everything it's it was this whole epic world that was created so then to be getting pulled into that and also drawn out of it at the same time I think causes this kind of oh no I don't get drawn out at all
1: I, I, I when find if, that
3: more with Star Wars myself more than with the Lord of the Rings like I did yeah. I definitely have I, I experienced that with Star Wars more than this for sure I experienced that watching the original Star Wars ones but I mean like
0: Force Awakens brought that all back for me mm-hmm. where I was just in it immersion yeah yeah this total immersion that's neither
3: that's a whole you look so different. disappointed in us Gary I am I'm <laughs> uh, not, <laughs> so, not saying I don't enjoy it yeah, but I, I find myself <laughs> going oh that stupid line <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no but it's just but I guess what makes these movies so amazing to me is that even though I can make fun of it and say like that was a really stupid line or that delivery was bad or something like that no, I'm still like and I fucking love it you know I, what well, I mean exactly <laughs> like,
3: yeah. no, it's true it's I, both sides for me
1: yeah it's, it's this like, is the, the soundtrack is my kind of like go to writing soundtrack because it doesn't have lyrics and it's you know got everything, really well sometimes yeah, so. exactly, yeah, so you don't, um,
0: you don't feel that dissonance at all, I don't, it's just, it's all part of the whole experience for you now,
1: yeah, not only do yeah. I not feel that dissonance, but even, like, I listen to that soundtrack quite often, probably once a month, and when I put the movie on, and the soundtrack started playing, it was like a whole new mm-hmm. rush, like, I'm not even right. used to the soundtrack, right, like, and I've, se- I've, I'm, I'm gonna guess that I probably watched this movie more than both of you, it sounds like, given that I watch it every Christmas and have since I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it's not very <laughs> for me, now. <laughs> I don't do the, the all three anymore, but I do I do Two Towers and maybe sometimes Return of the King every Christmas, yeah.
0: So I probably won't keep these. I just need to get them off my chest. So the, the, a couple of nitpicky things that I found from this one were... It just bothered me when Gollum, Sam, and Frodo are standing, like, on top of a hill looking at the mountain, and they're like, which way do we go? Like... How about towards the giant <laughs> flaming landmark that you have
3: in front of you the entire time?
1: Yeah, but it's, I mean, they can't, they can't just go sure. as the crow flies. Like. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is where the movies get kind of muddy in t- in terms of time and geography, because it's so much more realized than it is in the movies. Tolkien spent so much time painstakingly going over the language and the geography and everything. So, I mean, they're, they're taking fragments from the books where they're not sure where to go. And then the putting it on the on the big screen where you can, well, right. there's there's the big mountain, just walk towards it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But really there's you know, there's the different paths there's sure. the different passes. There's Sirothangol. there's the there's the black gate. I mean, Yeah,
1: you know. but I think I think that's implied by they they are definitely asking gollum which way to go like that's why they need gollum because they, yeah. they can't just walk in a straight line towards right this for sure burning it's guy. just
0: it's just yeah it's just a little itch in the uh, back of the head just like how about that way
3: <laughs> the, the, or the timing gives me that itch as well because there's really no good sense of time mm-hmm. like in the books you know it's 11 years between Frodo getting the ring and leaving with it he right. holds on to it for years, as opposed to like the week. It seems like it seems, it seems like, like Gandalf like... goes and comes back, and then the whole thing goes. Yeah, he's not just. It's not like there and back again. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, little Tolkien hey. pun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you said the line.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So it's not just there and back again. It's you know, eleven years pass, and so yeah, the, the timing in the movies is really off. You know, I mean like yeah, it but seems like everything. Happens what do you want them the to do time.
1: in the movie?
3: <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just if you. If you're up on it, it jars you a little bit, right? Like, uh. for me, having read the books and digested a lot of it, right. to see it, it's like, okay, well, the, the, clearly, it, they had to do what they did. There's no way they could present the book as it is. Yeah. But, you know, for me to watch it, and then just for scenes like that, where it's like, it seems silly to the casual watcher who's just, you know, watching it because it's the popular movie. Oh. Right. oh well, just walk towards the mountain, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Bang-on impression of me. <laughs> um,
0: also, I feel like there's an overuse of shots of people's hands exposing things, <laughs> like, all the time. There's, like, a dozen of them, because Frodo's always showing off the ring.
3: Forgot who's supposed to keep it secret and safe. He's right. sure. Not to, to mention that,
0: that ringwraith at the end who's flying the the winged worm thing, and the ringwraith, whose job it is to find the ring. So I don't know if he just has bad eyesight or, like, They're there's blind. a dragon head in front of him. Yeah, are they?
1: Yeah, the ringwraiths are blind. They can't see anything in... in- they can smell things they can Very smell the senses
3: a... like think in the fellowship of the ring when they're hiding from it right like they hide underneath them so oh, okay. their, their senses are
0: gotcha because i was mad that they were like dude he's right in front of you i know yeah. your dragon just got shot with an arrow they but can like, only dude. see
1: things in the when he, that's why he when he puts on the ring they can see him he they can only see things in that what's the uh, other world called the nether world or whatever
3: the wraith world let called? yeah yeah uh, okay the magical realm. See,
0: there we go i feel better about that because i was yeah. like why well, just just go back no the <laughs> i love it's that right scene though. You. it's
1: like and when it's kind of in slow motion it's oh it's so like yeah, so that, scared the claws are coming out yeah, yeah. it's terrifying Suspense. um
0: the other the other silly nitpicky thing is i just i like when people show character traits that are just useless like i mentioned on twitter that within 10 minutes you have two orcs who are standing over hobbits and they're ready to kill them, and then they just have to make a snarky line yeah. and get killed right after it happens. Like, yeah, is that yeah. part of orc training? Yeah, they just like <laughs> try to come up with the most badass. Those are urukai, actually. Urukai. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Thank you.
1: There's an important distinction because the orcs would never be smart enough to do <laughs> <laughs> well, s- smart enough to say something, but stupid in the long run. <laughs>
0: and the other one was that uh, Gandalf has a tendency to describe people as being alone and then get corrected. It happens twice. Wait, it,
1: can you describe?
0: So uh, one is when Gandalf says, you know, Frodo's off doing his mission alone, and Eric goes, oh, yeah. like, uh-uh, he's got same with him. Right. And then when he shows up on the fifth day at Helm's Deep, and he goes, Theoden is alone. And then Eomer? Yeah, Eomer yeah. comes up and goes, not anymore. Like, <laughs> you brought this army. Like, you're just setting him up for this line. There was no reason <laughs> for you to announce that...
1: Also, can we talk about how Aomir is constantly scowling? Like, that's his resting scowl face. Yeah, his
3: yeah. resting, resting bitch face, yeah. And, yeah that's and just Carl Urban's Exactly, face. Yeah. I was going to say. And then I <laughs> later Carl I Urban later found out that, that
1: that's the actor in every single role I've ever seen him in. His yeah. eyebrows are fur. <laughs>
3: it's a good yeah. look. It's it's very convincing. <laughs> it really, really he really lives the role. He's
0: yeah. even doing that in Dread. It's covered up, but you know he's still <laughs> doing <laughs> it. He's somewhere
3: beneath there. He's a scowl.
0: If
1: you look him up on IMDb, his like imdb pictures him scowling it's the best That's we call him scally every time he appears on the screen he's scally
0: Mulder and scally i totally forgot that he was in this movie yeah I and mean, we've talked about lord of the rings in general and kind of the experience of watching the movie so should we get into a bit of two towers and, and what it is and what it does and
1: yeah can, like do we can we geek out for a while is that what you're asking yeah I mean, we will geek out <laughs> do what you
0: want to do <laughs> I think that the thing that's still, despite the the dissonance that I talked about before, I think that this movie is still incredibly epic. And in those moments where I'm not pulled away from it, like, it's, it's incredible. Like, right away, the shot of the mountaintop, and then getting into that battle between Gandalf and the Balrog, mm-hmm. you're just like, is this really happening? Like, it feels like a privilege to be watching it. So then for <laughs> that to then be bookended with Helm's Deep, which is, like, one of the most spectacular battles in movie history that still i mean holds up it's close to 15 years later
1: i know the graphics still like only recently have i been able to be like okay i can totally see the green screen effect of this but it's still not a a jarring you know it's still not so much that i don't want to watch it it's still very impressive
3: only like 15 years and more because it was filmed over two years like you know it's right yeah it's even more data than it than the release date it mm-hmm. really is impressive like there was one angle i point i pointed out to you when i was watching it the uh, sword? in hell's deep oh. aragorn takes this dramatic pose where he pulls his sword back up by his shoulder and then he lunges forward and it's a really cool shot and i love it every time but then this time i realized right after that he's just got his sword down by his side
1: again and he's just running with it it's like, well you're just
3: posturing you're like, <laughs> come on peter jackson
1: but okay i w- argued that Aragorn is literally posturing. He's not the king yet. He has not returned yet as the king. He, this, is, this. She said the name of the movie, the of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So he has not returned as the king yet. He is this is his first kind of leadership role. He's not used to leading armies we kind of assume he is because he's so good at it so natural right? yeah but yeah he literally is posturing as the hero right. so when he does these kind of cool things that i think are super cool like i i every time he does that i'm just like yes but it, you know i have a gigantic boner for aragorn <laughs> and true. arwen as well this my dr- my dream team couple of <laughs> all film history
0: your otp going for the the top shelf
1: that's right nothing less ever (laughs) never lower the bar if i was going to use the the phrase otp i would definitely make aragorn and an Arwen my otp nice which is one true pairing for anyone who is pure enough to not know what otp means
3: Uh, my otp is gandalf and the balrog There's some tension. Savage. There. There's some tension there. <laughs> and Balrog's
1: got the whip, and
3: <laughs> he smote him up on the mountainside. <laughs> oh, smote yeah. his ruin smote upon, the mountain... Ooh, upon the
1: mountain. Ooh, I'm taking away your LOTR. Oh, <laughs> you. I was, I was,
3: I was, I was thinking that again too. Watching this, like I love how this one, how this one in particular starts. Each one starts with this lore building thing that's just so natural and just a really great way to do the exposition-y, <laughs> exposition-y stuff. You know, in the first one you've got the whole background of the ring with Kate Blanchett narrating, which is just epic. And then in the third one you've got the Schmiegel origin story, but then this one is just, it's great. You know, it starts off with setting the tone with beautiful New Zealand and then diving into the mountain and revisiting that scene and then taking it to the other angle. This is my favorite opening of, of the three.
1: Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's much more in res than the other two, which is always helpful, I think. Exactly, so. yeah. Let's talk about Aragorn and Arwen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i found and just Aowyn. in general no. I've, I've,
0: I've, <laughs> I, in general I, I found that this movie way more than i realized a lot of it is about the dynamics between two people like, you
1: mean two sets of people like there are a whole bunch of different sets sets, of, sets of, of two people sets of two people, yeah. sets of two people. so
0: yeah. i mean like aragorn and Arwen. so i mean like let's let's unzip your lady boner let's uh, <laughs> my it's just a boner, boner. Sorry. <laughs> it's just a straight up boner
1: um yeah i fucking love aragorn and, Arwen, and that's one of the reasons that i hate eowyn so much and when we were talking about this beforehand uh who was like i bet you have a lot to say about eowyn i was like i have nothing to say about her because i hate her
3: <laughs> in the context of two towers you hate her yeah.
1: yes of course and the reason is because i really want her to you know just step the fuck off and leave my otp alone <laughs> uh yeah but no i love i mean arwin is just one of the coolest characters ever and i have to do, give a lot of crev- credit to the writing team not just jackson also his wife mm-hmm. um so i have to give credit to them because they definitely fleshed out arwin's character much more mm-hmm. from books especially in fellowship
3: yeah taking any female character from tolkien you have to you have to do some some stretching and some fleshing out for yeah sure.
1: and i love the extended scenes with arwin Uh, Particularly because I really like being able to see her inner turmoil about the decision that she has to make. And this time while I was watching it was the first time that I kind of, when Elrond has his whole mutual hallucination that Elrond is leading, right? So that she can see what will happen when Aragorn dies and she is just this mourner at his tomb forever. Love, this I love that shot. Remember. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. That, and that outfit she's wearing she's just, is fucking awesome. <laughs> well, so yeah, good. She, that
0: that like very lifelike tomb that Aragorn's got. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. hey, if you're gonna keep a face forever, why not that one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not Vigil Mortensen?
1: That's called the Recumbent Gizam, by the way. The mm-hmm. paper I just gave in England was about those types of tombs. Anyway, so that th- this, this watching was the first time that I was like, when Elrond was like, he will die, and clearly in that tomb, and, and when you see his corpse before he turns into the tomb, Uh, he's old okay so let's say that you know and and we all know that Aragorn lives much longer than because he he's got the blood of the Dunedine so let's say they live happily together for a hundred years okay and that's probably being about a hundred years okay so it's not conservative okay so let's say they lived together for a hundred years and then Arwen is sad for another hundred years she's immortal it doesn't fucking matter this was the first time that when Elrond is like and then you're gonna be sad forever I was like well, no what Arwen she like she can get over it she'll meet another man you know what I mean like <laughs> she she lives on earth she will meet another guy who she can fall in love with obviously he'll never be as awesome as Aragorn because you know he is the chosen one etc but this is the first time that I was like, this is not a good reason to leave the love of your life. You know what I mean? Because even if he is the love of your life and your life will go on forever afterwards, you can still pass the time in an enjoyable fashion after <laughs> right. he's dead. More
3: than just standing by his tombside. side.
0: Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it is it better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all? But I mean, is it not better to do that than to like go to the forest with all your friends and just like sit there pouting in your room <laughs> right. because your boyfriend rode off on his awesome horse motorcycle or yeah.
1: whatever? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the—I mean—the the flip side of what Elrond is telling her is that you're never—you're not even going to have that hundred years, and you're going to be sad at it, sad about it forever because yeah. you're never going to die. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not to mention, does she not? Is the whole point that she's giving up her immortal life so that she can like, yes. kind of go side by side with him in mortality? Yeah,
3: like the the stakes are pretty high. They're really vague about this in the movies, and I don't, I don't blame them. It gets into the territory that just kind of detracts from for thing. It goes back to this to the backstory of from the Silmarillion from Tolkien's stories of the First Age. This is, Lord of the Rings is the third age of the world. Basically, she's giving up passage to Valinor, which is the Middle Earth equivalent of, let's say, Heaven. I'm dumbing it down a lot, but that's the best analog. Sure. So this is the last ship, supposedly, leaving for Valinor, which is the place where a lot of elves live, a lot of ancient elves live, a lot of, or most of the Ainur, the, the kind of godly figures that made the world, they live in Valinor, which is like... Valhalla let's say sure uh, so she's giving up passage to this immortal realm with her ancestors and loved ones and family and what to be with him so and I can't remember exactly so she she's will giving die, up a lifespan
1: but no I, I'm sure her lifespan will still be way longer than a man's lifespan and I think oh, that yes, that's what so. Elrond is kind of like you're still gonna you know be alone for a really long time mm. but she won't be immortal in the sense that she can't she can no longer go to the place where she will eventually be yeah
3: alone. so she's that's supposed to be the last ship. And then, and, and except and, and for the, the return then Frodo. of Frodo, yeah. <laughs> Frodo's I, on one later. I believe the, or the explanation, explanation for that is that you know they didn't, they weren't counting on the ring being destroyed, so this right. was a special honor afforded to Bilbo and Frodo for carrying the ring and yeah. dealing with that. So yeah, but it's also like that choice between Valinor and Aragorn. It speaks to the kind of the way love works in Tolkien. Like, there's not a lot of female characters, but there's one story in the Silmarillion of um, a similar pair, which. Heavily inspires Aragorn and Arwen, uh, Baron and Luthien. Luthien is the daughter of an Elf King and one of these Ainur, um, who falls in love by chance with a man, and they have their own epic tale that would make an out uh, that would make an awesome Jackson movie if he did it right, unlike The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> so zing zing. <laughs> so yeah, love functions it's very epic it's very well, it's old more, fairy it's, tale
1: well it's more like a medieval type of love yeah where exactly. it's, like, it's like medieval is the perfect way to put it yeah like we um you know the fact that you're in love is really nice but it doesn't make political sense yeah no <laughs> for you guys to be together right <laughs> so it's like
3: our, our uh elrond is saying you know you're gonna love you only love him and you're gonna lose him eventually and you're gonna be miserable because you won't love again like it, in this world it's kind of inconceivable that she would find another person plus aragorn is a Dunedain. He's the last of his kind. There's not many people who will live up to him.
1: Yeah, but isn't that just like a dad thing to say? Because he, but Elrond wants Arwen to do one thing. It is thing. also she, a dad. He thing. is going to say a- anything that he needs to say, and that's why she comes back super pissed. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Hey, remember when you completely forgot to tell me yeah. that uh, I'm going to have a, a, an awesome, adorable-looking kid with yeah. this great guy." <laughs> Yeah, but and he's like, eh, "Well, I didn't lie. I omitted." <laughs> <laughs>
3: he he is also concerned for his family there too. Yeah. yeah. No, it it is a dad thing, but it is also speaking to the romantic the way, you know. For them, they won't love again. She really is giving up what he says. So then with
0: eowyn yeah. cuz I I feel the same way that that you do, oh, good. Caroline, because I feel like if Arwen wasn't there, then I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, eowyn kind of do your thing," especially in Return of the King. I mean, in this one, She's, she's got a... She's so annoying. She's got a weird path. Yeah. <laughs> Every time she's
1: on screen, I boo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, because she, she falls for Aragorn, which, I mean, hey, who wouldn't? Of course. I, I fall for Aragorn. I
1: mean, yeah, I'm not faulting her for that.
0: But to the point that her entire clan of people, her family, has come back from this big battle and she's like wading through all these people she's lived her entire life with and she's like, hey, is Aragorn okay? Right. <laughs> like, you're...
1: Which is another thing that I only thought of this this time watching, where I was like, I think Eowyn is actually supposed to be much younger than this actress who's portraying her looks. And I looked it up, and Eowyn's actually only supposed to be around 24 years old. And even that I thought, like, because she's acting like a 17-year-old, you know, petulant kind of teenager where she's got hard eyes for this guy and right. literally will push her cousins over, <laughs> not caring that they're alive because she doesn't really have a good concept of what's going on. Right. And another thing, too, and she's like showing off her sword skills being like, I fear nothing, you know, like I'm so cool, right? <laughs> like all of that is very teenage like to me, right? Yeah. And it's immature. And okay, let's say that that's, she's supposed to be 24. I think that, I don't know how old the actress was who played her, mm-hmm. but I think that she looked much older than that. Mm-hmm. And she also just kind of comported herself in a way that seemed a lot older than that. So I think that maybe if they had kind of cast her so that she was a little younger and a little more immature looking i would have forgiven her for being so kind of impudent and silly yeah I and, then, and then i also would think that her return of the king rise to awesomeness would be a lot more, more pronounced yeah exactly yeah. it would be a lot more effective
0: yeah i guess in this and i don't remember what at this point is extended and what's not but it was also kind of i realize that it's building up to return of the king but if you look at this entirely isolated on its own it's like she shows that she's got the skills that she should be involved in this but everybody including aragorn who were otherwise like hurrah for he's like no like don't 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 worry like it's not my call but there there's nobility in domesticity so just go ahead just you know do a woman's job and we'll come back after and i'll check on you (laughs) and that was kind of disappointing like i'm not expecting that
1: that's funny because i think that that's what who you were kind of Wondering if I was going to comment on Mm -hmm. if I was going to be the same as this and obviously I do like I know that it's Motivated motivated by gender But when I was watching it this time with that in mind thinking like okay What's what am I gonna see here when it comes to the gender politics? What I what I did see was Aragorn telling a child Mm -hmm. Okay, hey, you know you you are doing well with that sword But there are other things that are just as noble Right. Okay, I don't actually see that as a slight to her gender. I see that as a good thing for gender politics and gender, or in general. Okay, and then later when they're being attacked by the wolf, whatever it the wargs, was, and Theoden says, "Keep going with you know, lead, lead the women and children and the families to Helm's Deep." And she goes, "I can fight." And he says, "No, I need you to lead them." He legitimately needs someone to lead. Yeah, and yeah, there sure. and there is nobody else in the royal family left, right? Like, yeah. that could have just as easily been. Aomir but he's not there exactly. right? Exactly yeah, yeah.
3: She's compensating for him a lot I think. I feel in Yeah. This movie.
1: Yeah, and so like, you know, there is a certain time where you're not going to send your last kin out to fight people especially when she has as you no pointed armor. out no armor on yeah, or anything right. <laughs> like she's not ready for this <laughs> you're
3: wearing your, your sunday dress exactly like, go take them before you get eaten by these things that are giving my soldiers a hard time right, just right. go <laughs> and it
1: is totally a noble pursuit to be the one to the last person to lead these people you you could be the last survivor right yeah. like when you get there yeah like right.
3: it, it, it's they're not really picking on her for being a woman i feel like you you need someone in the caves with the people keeping them calm like, yeah. yeah
0: and i guess it I would feel better about it if it didn't happen twice. Yeah, it's like kind of in both cases it's okay you're given like a leadership role but it's the leadership role that I would give to a woman. It's like a like a first lady kind of thing. It's which a is not necessarily really, yeah. a bad thing but I mean this like we've also heard Theoden say you know his biggest regret is that he's not a treated Eowyn Aero- more like a daughter. But it's like well you didn't and she's turned out to be at least on the cusp of being pretty badass the way that things went. Yeah, but... And it seems like he's regretting that he didn't raise a, a better daughter.
1: I don't know, because he doesn't say a better daughter. He says, I wish I would have raised her as my own. And so it, 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 I think he's saying, I wish I had been a better dad. I don't think he's saying that she's not an adequate woman. Especially because if you remember, when she's showing off her sword skills, she's. Do you remember what she says? She says, women in my... Uh, kingdom or people or whatever have been trained from a young age to to wield a sword i mean if that's not empowering about you know like who who can fight in 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 rohan yeah you know she says it right there
0: yeah well how and how she says it is so great what is it that just just because uh just because you're not carrying a sword doesn't mean you won't you can't die by one Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: and so that that line immediately dispels any kind of like You know, like, oh, the man is keeping me down when it comes to this. But Eowyn is constantly not happy about her her status. And the same thing happens when, you know, she meets Aragorn. And just, it's too, like, the way that, you know, she sees the necklace that Arwen gave (laughs) Aragorn. And she's like, where is she? And he's like, hmm? and she's like, the woman who gave you that. It's just like that's a shitty way to ask that. You <laughs> know so what catty, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a catty way to ask right. it, and like, and and
3: <laughs> it's it, it's a, it's a high school girl way of saying it's it. a high school exactly. girl yeah. way of saying it. Exactly. Like, might as well did turn you, away did and you, text your friends after. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, and she, Did your mean,
0: girlfriend buy that hat for yeah, you?
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, your
3: wife oh, must love. She your... has bad taste. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. That's ugly. <laughs> Was that Elvin? Uh, Elves are okay, still so, last year. Uh,
0: so I see where you are coming from. She's more like frustrated middle management rather than oppressed
3: woman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. She just That's like a really hasn't hasn't gotten quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You are saying she's acting like a child. Meanwhile, they they're literally sending children mm-hmm. to go fight. So mm-hmm. she's not being chosen to stay back because necessarily she's too young either. It's just you know you are qualified to stay with the people and calm them you are a figure of royalty in this in our exactly. country you know, they need someone to rally with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you said First Lady, Dylan, I think that was a really good yeah, point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, but that said, they they definitely should have at least asked if there were, like, maybe some older, in their 20s, late 20s to 40s, women who wanted to fight before they sent those, like, seven-year-old yeah, boys. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> if they are trained to build
0: swords. Well, yeah, exactly. and, like, the phrase women and children gets used so much in this, yeah. in this yeah. movie. Oh, like, God. Like, oh, that, that
1: part. And that, like, I mean, it is, like the pathos of that kind of slow motion
3: taking the child from, yeah yeah from like, like literally stress, clutching yeah. their children
1: and like men coming and grabbing these little boys who are like what, stoically taking them away like oh, yeah. yeah rohan they're just such a bunch of dirt farming idiots you know what <laughs> i mean like i do not respect <laughs> these people at all <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's a good point actually too like the whole the whole nation of rohan rohan i i noticed this time really seems like it's just it wants to die yeah like i really well, you know theoden is the obvious poster for that but like a, even eowyn to a point like it's almost like a suicidal like yeah there is no hope let's just yeah. charge into battle and theoden like
0: <laughs> even when aragorn
3: is giving him this
0: like awesome rallying speech and like theoden this king who granted he's had a bit of a hard time recently yeah, like yeah, i'll, I'll give a, him that he's but, had he's had he's just, but he's just but he's <laughs> just he's just like giving up he's not giving orders aragorn's kind of stepping up and you know filling yeah. the, filling the void and then aragorn's like we should ride out and aragorn's all about being this this poster boy this uncle sam for rohan even <laughs> though he's not even from there and Théoden's like yeah 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 let's die with glory he's like yeah. no let's let's like empower people he's like yeah
3: yeah yeah to the death let's empower people To, <laughs> to, the the power death. to the death. do you
1: know what else too when he says um the the horn of
3: the one that Gimm is all like oh yeah i'll blow yeah, yeah. That. He's like, yeah. <laughs> let
1: me do it let me do it and then it's like kind of an anticlimactic noise right it's like yeah. mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> there's something stuck in it yeah exactly <laughs> well it
1: hasn't been blown in a while so um and then he says yes the horn of uh hammerhand will will uh, sound again. And I looked up, like, because y- there, there are some things in the movies, having having read, like, part of one of the books at some point, and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. God, everybody's <laughs> singing all the time. Jesus. It's rough sometimes, yeah. Um, but so there are some parts in the movie where I'm like, okay, that's clearly something that if you had read the books, you would know, and there must be something to it. So this time when it says the horn of Hammerhand will sound again, I looked up what the horn of Hammerhand is. Do you know what it is? Who? Rohan's
3: history, I'm not so up on. Them. Okay,
1: so the the last person to sound the horn of Hammerhand was like this mythical king in Rohan, who there's actually a, a statue of him in Helmsteep that you see hmm. and uh he like literally went on a kamikaze mission and like rode out and was like i'm like i'm i'm going to fight until i die leroy jenkins and yeah exactly <laughs> god
3: damn it leroy. <laughs> yeah
1: god
3: damn it hammerhand yeah
1: he just leroy jenkins the whole thing and uh and he, and he died in battle and this is to rohan rohanians is like the greatest thing ever right like dying just like and then um, it's
3: like fuck yeah hammerhand Let's, exactly I'm be hammerhand because because they suddenly awesome. gets
1: you know too big for his britches and is like fine if i die it better be in battle and then i can go to that type of you know it's yeah. this type of like viking mentality where like the be- the only good death is a death in battle mm. and so when when he says um i'm gonna sound this horn he's like thinking that he's taking this uh birthright you know being like i will be the next great king of rohan which is yeah. just so such another good layer of what a kind of dick theoden is right yeah. because
3: he's not grasping that this is not a war they will sing songs about this is the end right exactly like- <laughs> and
1: like uh, have you thought whatsoever about these people that you've trapped in this cave back here? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the, once you, you die, I guess you're absolved of everything like, that's about to happen to them. Yeah, like, like
3: all those women and children that you're trying to protect, Yeah, se, exactly. that are going to get slaughtered to a man. It's not even that, Father. It's like his
0: willingness to give up. And mm-hmm. just like, as soon as he's given an out, He's like, all right, let's tap out. Good, yeah. good job. All right, now we get now. You know, now we I mean. Glory and honor. It yeah, has. He,
1: he does not want to preserve anything. He, yeah. he's like, okay, well, I'll be dead, so that'll be great. And f- fuck you guys, I'm going home. Like, it's like
3: <laughs> it's it, it's the least amount of effort for the most amount of glory. That's yeah, what he's seeking. Yeah, like I I really felt he was just suicidal this this time watching through the movie.
1: Which then when you go to the Return of the King. And he is like, now he's like, oh, Helm's Deep was so great. And I'm so awesome. And I'm the best fucking king ever. Gondor needs help. Fuck them. Well, (laughs) I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just such a bitch. I I, I hate him so much. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't hate him at the beginning. And every single time I watch this movie, I forget how much I'm about to hate him. And so when he, you know, comes back from being under the sarmon spell yeah, yeah. yeah. worm tongues spell and as i tweeted i was like his name is Wormtongue. tongue like why did you ever employ him <laughs> what did you expect
3: what could possibly go wrong <laughs>
1: exactly and then i really feel sorry for him and then he you know wakes up and uh his son is dead and you, you, know, you
3: really want to really set you up to feel sorry for him
1: yeah and then, then, he, A, and then he has to listen to aowyn sing and you're like god oh, this this, poor guy. You, you know this day it. is terrible <laughs> um and it, then
0: you know, right from jump street he does not want help from no. anybody he's like like, he doesn't want to ask Gondor for help, because those guys are jerks. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, the
3: elves, what have the elves done for me? Well, right. They, and, and they then show it's like, up, and probably out of nowhere.
0: And then and yeah. and then it's, and then it's they're like, well, what about your own people? And he's like, yeah, yeah. but they're so far. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck that. I'm
1: not even, Oh, uh, they're leagues away. There's Whatever. this whole
3: awkward thing with Eomar where I kind of sent him away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to see him right now.
1: <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. No, he's just, yeah.
3: He's,
0: yeah, it's obnoxiously defeatist.
1: Exactly, Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I, so, I, I, like you said, I, I didn't like him this time around. Although I, I, I still see Eowyn as kind of a foil for Arwen, and also coming back to the romantic thing, you know, it's all about Arwen's choice, but Aragorn has a choice too. Like he, this, it, he's being presented with a human woman who is noble enough to to be a match for him, and <laughs> in terms of blood, not in terms of character and singing ability, let's say, and soup making.
1: Oh God, when Aragorn sings in The Return of the... Anyway, sorry. Oh yeah, it's creepy goodness right there. <laughs> so good.
3: <laughs> yeah, so he he's also being presented with a choice too. Like this is a this is a noble human woman who might be a match for him based on <laughs> what little is left of nobility between Gondor and Rohan. Yeah. Part of it's setting her up easy for the choice. next time. Yeah, yeah easy, choice. Easy, easy, easy choice. Easy, for easy choice for sure. But yeah. he has options. So
0: speaking of obnoxious members of royalty, I had this strange experience when faramir showed up because i just mm. kind of like forgot that faramir was a thing yeah and i was like oh yeah you're in this and then you find out more about boromir and you're like man Boromir's is a cool guy yeah, yeah. oh and, like you
1: the extended scene is so good and yeah nice, and right?
0: as the viewer you're like oh who's this cool dude and then you do the same thing that their father does which is like yeah yeah, yeah shut up faramir let's yeah. hear what boromir <laughs> has to say <laughs> and then for the rest of the movie you're like yeah but yeah uh, like he he lives in the shadow, even for us as the viewer. Yeah, and I don't really feel bad about it, even though I should.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I,
1: I really like Farmer. Farmer
3: is I would say the like like the core of this movie for me. In in this movie, he is kind of just like well, there's this guy. He's a guard captain, and he turns out he's Farmer's brother. It's not a big thing, but
1: he's got one of the coolest lines. It's one of his first lines. Where he turns that guy over, and he talks about how you know we wonder if he was really evil at heart, and yeah. and wouldn't he have rather stayed home and been with his family and anything like that? That's one of the coolest lines yeah, of the Fair- whole trilogy.
3: He, and in the book too, he's great. Like it's another great character. Like Tolkien says when he was writing the book, you know, Farmer just kind of came up out of nowhere, and he's like, "Who's this guy? Let's 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 see him a bit more." So he was just—he didn't really intend for him to be there, but just kind of got drawn to him. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, like watching the, watching it again this time, just drove home for me again, like how important he really is to the story. Because not just for having being in the most important extended scene, mm-hmm. that scene in itself, I think, really is a reason to watch the extended version of this movie and the whole series. Agreed. Because you know, you see like you see Boromir in Fellowship as kind of a one-dimensional, you know, this is the guy who's stereotypically driven to the ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There had to be a guy He's like that. He's the weak man. He's the weak man. Yep. Exactly. He's the foil to Aragorn. Uh, but then in, in the extended scene, you know, you see what he really was like before the ring was there. You see that seed of Denethor's creed for the ring. You see how Faramir is set up to be, you know, the inferior little brother who lost Osgiliath.
1: And you see how Boromir feels bad for Faramir. Yeah. I, that's so there. touching, where he's like, but remember, Dad, Faramir did good stuff, too. Faramir's
3: good stuff, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Fooey. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Stop bothering me with that <laughs>
3: idiot. <laughs> he wants to show his quality. Uh, he really sets up Gollum for the rest of, the, of his arc, because, you know, Gollum's turning around. He's Smeagol. He's coming out of his...
1: Yeah, so He's sad. starting to get
3: out of that. And then he sets up that whole betrayal where he starts to... Feel like you know Frodo may, maybe not might not be his real master and that the, that beating is just seems like so con- consequential but you know at the end it sets the tone for, for *Return of the King* where yeah, he mm-hmm. betrays them and ultimately the very end of the franchise or the very end of the story. So without Faramir, I feel like that whole ending loses impact. Yeah, you know, he wouldn't have Gollum turning on Frodo and
0: right. I guess it's just the the fact that when he's first introduced, it's all about sympathy. And you hear him say this really insightful, considerate thing about just, like, the nature of war. And, like, these are people, too. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Urukai, but, but, like, <laughs> yeah, there, there are, are people the fighting on both sides of this war. and like this, yeah. you, know, you know, these people are me. Like, they were not that different from each other.
1: Which, can I just, like, add really quickly? Um, I did not realize until this viewing that um, it's, like, very um, significant. That when these movies came out, it was like you know, right in nine eleven panic, right, like mm-hmm. just just after nine yeah. eleven. And this is a, a brown dude that uh, he's flipped over and saying this about. Yeah.
0: So you have that, and then you have this this background scene, you know, his origin story about this life as the little brother. So we we have this sympathy for him, but we've already garnered a lot of sympathy for Smeagol. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we see this guy who is like, if you're if you're putting these two characters sympathies against each other, and yeah. then one of them's a dick to the other one. I mean, yeah. granted, like. He doesn't know the whole story. He just sees this, like, weird creature who... Who they know who, in
3: Gondor. Like, they, like, they've captured him before. Like, they know who this thing is.
0: Right. So he's setting off all these red flags and, you know, they're mean to him. But then we know what's happening. So then you just kind of... I don't
1: know, I... No, I, I get that for sure. And I actually didn't see... My first reaction to Faramir was not even so much that I feel sorry for him, but I, I under I understand why he's so cold and hard now
3: because he has to be to live up to his dad's expectations. Exactly, yeah. That's yeah. not yeah. who he wants to be, but, mm-hmm. except for, I mean, like I said, they they do really enjoy beating Gollum.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. So,
3: I
0: don't know, I, just, I wanted to like him and then the movie didn't let me, I guess, was, was Yeah, the problem, especially not
3: in Two Towers and he's, I think he's I kind mean... of a character that grows on you over, over multiple viewings. I feel like you start to see you know it's more to him than just this shallow presentation of him. You right. know, same thing with Eowyn, like we see them in this movie as newcomers and they're not as fully developed and they're, yeah. Almost one dimensional in a way.
1: I think what I mean by I like him isn't that he's a good person that I, you know, would trust and want to you know be a friend with. I mean that he's an interesting <laughs> character, right? Sure. Like yeah. I am I'm, I'm compelled by him immediately.
3: He he has a good moral compass on him, even if he's you know, he's acting like a bit of a dick and the stereotypical guard captain. You know, he is he's well, when, he yeah, when Sam yells at him, than a lot of people.
1: Right, when Sam yells at him finally, you know why, Boromir? Because he was just like you, you sons of bitches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, it does so much to redeem Boromir by extension yeah, too. Yeah, going to get that on like a carry bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it does so much to redeem Boromir too. Like, cause, you know, he fails and but he ru- essentially ruins everything in, in Fellowship of the Ring. Scatters the Fellowship, and then it turns out, you know. Here's this brother who resists the same temptation.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, he's he's got in his hand, or right in front of him, the opportunity to redeem everything for everybody, and he chooses what he feels is right, and chooses that over family.
3: Yeah. Because, like, as Galadriel says in the voiceover, like, that leads into, you know, finding out who he is. Like, she's talking to Elrond still, and says, everything hangs upon a a guard captain of Gondor. So you go into that, and it's like, okay, here's this guard captain. Oh, he's his brother. We know how that turned out for Boromir, right? And so this, it's gonna—he's gonna screw everything up. Yeah. And uh, turns out he doesn't. So it, yeah. it, it, By extension, redeeming Boromir and the whole family.
1: redeeming the race of men, really redeeming Gondor, <laughs> redeeming all of men, including yeah. Shitty Rohan. Yeah, the dirt farmers. <laughs> dirt farmers,
0: all of them. So I, I have a weird analogy for how I felt about the orichai in this one, because in Fellowship and possibly there's more of this in the extended, but in Fellowship it seems more about the horror of the orichai. And just like they are these monsters that are being grown out of the earth. Abominations. And, yeah. yeah, it's all about being abominations and this grotesquery and just like this monstrous thing that's been created, and you've got that one main orakai who seems like the at, at Looks least. Looks like meats back on our <laughs>
1: menu, boys. <laughs>
3: well, no, he's the one that fights Baromir in the end and
0: It gets his head chopped off by Aragorn at the end of fellowship. That's the same one.
3: Oh, you're talking about a different one? Sorry. Yeah. They all, they, it's all
0: that Well evil. that's that's exactly what
3: I'm getting to though
0: is in the first one like they don't really talk a whole lot like they talk just as much as they need to for you to be like oh god like they're sentient but like this is horrifying Mm. and then (laughs) two towers they are like northern British like they all have personalities they're more slimy and gross and it's more about the volume of them and what that reminded me of is uh, the first two alien movies in that the first alien movie it's all about like this one monster that's like we don't know what it is and it could kill us and like Dismember us, but then the second movie is an action movie and it's about how many of these xenomorphs we can take out. Yeah, it's
3: oh, so we, we can kill them now, right? So it takes on this them.
0: whole different thing because it goes from like, oh my god, what is an Urukai to In Two Towers? It's how are we most effectively going to kill 10,000 of these things? Like, yeah, they're yeah. no longer this unstoppable force, except for the fact that they have so many of them. And Do that's you...
3: that's Jackson, too. I mean, that's he really deflates his own sales here and just makes them essentially comic relief. Like they become indistinguishable from orcs, really. I mean, they're bigger. Yeah,
1: ultimately. but they they can speak. Like they're smarter, and they're smarter, but they they're the strategy strategians, and
3: he essentially reduces them to about the same. By almost
0: just, like there's still a class divide between them.
3: At, when when it's convenient for Jackson, I feel
0: they do different accents for them. Like the the goblins and the orcs are more like Cockney, yeah, <laughs> and the <laughs> right. the orc eye are have a, like a bit more nobility to them. But like you get what I'm saying, right? Like because they spend so much more time talking, they become more like more personable, and yeah. and they do often have like these it's like oh these he killed comedic-
3: a funny one, yeah. yeah.
1: But what's wrong with that? I don't understand what your point is. No, I'm just
0: observing it. I'm not necessarily criticizing it. I was just saying that's the difference between the the first and the second movie. Oh, huh.
3: Okay. Like visually, like in the battle scenes too, then you're not really distinguishable from. You know, they could be orcs for all we know. From a yeah, it's not massive really, angle. Yeah, 10, it's just a, a black puddle of goo when- <laughs> moving towards right. you and climbing ladders. Yeah,
1: I really like that scene though. When, um, when Worm Tongue is like, well, that would take. You know, thousands and
3: there's no, no such army exists, and then yeah.
1: pan out, and there there is. Yeah, and where, then there's where this has Worm
0: Tongue been? That he has not looked. I know out? that he cannot on <laughs> yeah. that side of the whole like,
3: goddamn thing. Yeah. Like coming to the he tower, just, you didn't look <laughs> up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he just thought that like someone was mowing the lawn. That's what that noise was. <laughs> yeah. or, like,
3: I, or they're all hiding underground, and they're like, okay, okay, he's here now. Let's, let's surprise him. Well, well yeah, yeah, you have to imagine the, Saruman being like, guys, 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 yeah, guys, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Okay, but this. Of thing where exactly like <laughs> all of these jokes, or
3: Christopher Lee. Oh.
1: <laughs> all of these jokes, I completely condone, and I would be making them while I'm watching them, and I'm I'm having fun making them now. But I legitimately am am touched and moved when I see that single tear roll down Worm Tongue's face. Oh, for like, sure, like both. I can occupy both of these spheres while I'm watching exactly, that yeah. scene. Right? <laughs> no
3: it's really poignant too. It's like what, like you know, we start to realize maybe you know for one thing who the hell is this guy that I'm serving? Like, I'm in over, over my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And also, like, oh, like, we're going to get revenge. Like, it's like, where does he feel about that, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's when he really realizes that this this won't be over until the entire world looks like this black square that we have right now, and right? Do like, I like this outcome? Man. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, like it's
3: instant, is... instant, re- instant regret. Yeah,
1: instant but, regret.
0: Yeah, and that's... I think this one more so than, than fellowship. It's about what do you do when you're faced with true evil that seems to be an overwhelming power. Mm-hmm. I mean, the books were written circa, or at least under the veil of World War II.
3: Is that not correct?
1: Doesn't Tolkien actually, like, didn't he go on record being like, the, do not read this as a um He as hates allegory. allegory. He yeah. does not.
3: It's, it's ironic because he does kind of use allegory. Oh, you, God. Like, you can describe so much of it as allegory. But, yeah. you know, he does, like, he criticized C.S. Lewis, his good friend author of narnia books for using allegory so much and to be fair lewis does abuse it but yeah like it he didn't want it to be seen as allegory but it there it is right
0: well yeah and i mean our big hero aragorn it's all about even in the face of seemingly impossible odds like at that point aragorn doesn't know that gandalf is going to be showing up i mean he's been told that he doesn't know that he's going to have all this support coming he's just like yeah. this is the look over there fight. in a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> Eh, that way (laughs) oh
3: right the fifth day
0: it's just it's about doing what seems like the right thing and i mean that's what sam reiterates it's you know the the stories of greatness they're about having the opportunity to give up and just choosing to not give into that choosing to not give into the darkness
3: yeah sam's speech at the end is so great for that and it's really a big theme in tolkien as well just the, the that there is hope in hopelessness you know there are so many examples in his tales like where the where the eagles swoop in and save people, or just at the last moment, you know the Gandalf shows up with the, with the Rohirrim. It again harkens back to something in the lore, and I'm going to go a little little lore heavy here. But uh, if you in in the Silmarillion, it gives a breakdown of the Ainur, who are the godly figures. So these are the guys, or these are the creatures who essentially created the world in accordance with the Maker, Iluvatar. So you have two classes of these Ainur. One, we, we, or we can equate to the Olympians. They are the, they are the Valar, who actually, Arwen, I noticed, because of the subtitles being on, I noticed she actually invokes their name when she revives Aragorn.
1: Ar- Arwen does. You mean? Yeah, Arwen yeah, yeah. does, yeah.
3: So these are essentially the, the Olympians, you know, the champions, among whom was Morgoth, who was Sauron's master. One of these Valar was named Nienna, who is essentially a goddess of grief. And there's a whole thing about how she, you know, she dwells next to the land of... Uh, mandos where all the dead souls are waiting so she teaches that there is actually there's a quote here uh that i brought from actually the, the tale of Baron and luthien that i think really sums it up well uh, among the tales of sorrow and ruin that come down to us from the darkness of those days there are yet some in which amid weeping there is joy and under the shadow of death light that endures so essentially she teaches that there is hope in hopelessness there is you know grief has its uses you know we can learn a lot from grief and gandalf is actually one of her disciples. He's one of the lesser uh, Ainur, and he spent most of the history of the world with her in Valinor, or uh, outside of the world, actually. Uh, so here is Gandalf riding in Helm's Deep with the Rohirrim, bringing the last second save, a last second, <laughs> you know, salvation.
0: The buzzer beater. Yeah. The
3: buzzer beater. Yeah. <laughs> so it's oh, awesome. Yeah, like it's a it's, really
1: good connection.
3: Yeah, there are so many moments like like this. And Sam really hits the nail on the head with it too. You know, if you stand up when you shouldn't, like when, when by all means you lo- it looks like you're beaten, you know, you might actually come out of it, which is what Theoda needs to hear. Theoda needs to hear Sam's speech right there.
1: Right, yeah, because that's what Sam says that that there's some hope in this world, right? Like that's yeah. what they're that's what they're trying to. It's his. Prove. It's
3: his common low folk way of saying yeah, you I, know. yeah
0: I liked how Sam too he wasn't even just saying there's lots of great things in the world let's think about them let's list them off and you know have a happy moment he said sometimes there are things that are worth fighting for like he's not trying to he's not trying to sell goodness yeah he's just saying like hey
3: it's there and it's worth it and here we are at a time where it is worth it mm-hmm. yeah. sam
1: is so the hero of all of this like Eric, or uh frodo is like a he's literally the ring bearer but yeah. sam if it wasn't for sam he would have died way longer as, as
3: he admits readily <laughs> yeah, course, when they're joking, yeah. Around, yeah. yeah yeah and that's really the fellowship's role i think in starting in the two towers they're not just you know taking frodo to mount doom to destroy the ring they are the voice of reason they are the voice of hope you know you see it with feoden talking to Ar, to uh sorry aragorn talking to feoden you see it with later on uh well well, you see it here also with treebeard with mary and pippin you know they're Mm -hmm. convincing the ants to go fight well and that's where legolas
0: has his kind of moment of doubt and that's when he falls away from their whole scheme when he's like we are all going to die <laughs> like yeah. do the math Aragorn <laughs> and he comes I love back that part. and apologizes and they fist bump and yeah I love that part when they're
1: when they're uh, speaking in Elvish and then Aragorn it's so
0: rude yeah I mean it's so but, but, it's, full of humans but it's so
1: funny because everyone around them is being like what are they talking about why, why are they speaking in Elvish and then Aragorn gets too angry and says well then I shall die as one of them in English and then immediately sees what he's saying which is exactly like the Simpsons quote where Krusty is like "Well." So the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. <laughs> <laughs> also, in, in high school, I uh, tried to learn Elvish. It was like a, a thing that now I look back and think I had way too much free time.
3: Now, how, how long did that last, I have to ask? Uh,
1: it lasted about a month and a half. Oh, that long. And, and there was another person that I hated in my high school class, and she decided to start learning it too. And as soon as she started, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I do, I, re- I, know, I know one line in Elvish from this movie. When you say Elvish, yes, there's different languages. So yeah. there's the High Elf speak, which is I think it's pronounced Quenya, but I'm not actually sure. Um, and then there's Sindarin, which is what they're speaking in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the the line that I the only line that I remember is Estelio Amen." Can you guess who says it? Arwen. Yes. Yeah, of course. And, and do you know which line it is?
0: something about wanting to borrow a stereo <laughs> <laughs> no it's the
1: one where she you says you need a quarter for the bus <laughs> it's the one where she and our, uh, Aragorn are talking and she says if you trust nothing else trust this trust us which oh, is, oh. Is, is a very important <laughs> line in the whole movie I mean it's the same thing where she's saying that if you if you can't trust anything in this world you need to trust this hope mm-hmm. and that's what the symbol of the even star Evenster is mm-hmm. right yeah. which doesn't exist in the book I, I learned of uh, recently that's an entirely Jackson created hmm. bit. The Evenstar is the name of the necklace.
3: That fancy bobble that his girlfriend gave him, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which which also um, is like linked to Arwen. Like her her life force is, is somehow linked to this necklace.
3: Yeah, and it's a symbol from the Silmarillion as well to the actual jewels, the Silmarils. and right. Yeah, There's, he does he does a good job of weaving the backstory into it. I gotta say, like, it's all there subtly. That's a lot what, of it's not yeah. really. Quietly under the surface because the casual moviegoer is not going to care. I mean, this was a tough sell for a lot of casual movie moviegoers as well. So it's to, to jam it all in there. It's just going to defeat the whole purpose, mm-hmm. but it's there. Well, the extended it's- editions aren't necessarily for
0: the, the casual. No, viewers. the extended editions <laughs> are not either.
3: <laughs> they are the true versions, but the theatricals exist for a reason.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the, how great Sam is at rallying Frodo. How do we feel about Frodo as a whole? Because I feel like he's kind of gotten this reputation for being not a great part of the movie. Really, like that they kind of. Hmm. I, I think that as kind of Sam's legacy over the last fifteen years has kind of been elevated to you know, for people to understand how much of a contributing factor he was. Cause at first when I saw it, I was like, God, Sam, you're so annoying. Like, right. yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're being mean to go. Stupid Golem, fat like. hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> fat hobbit, So, but then to kind of realize and that that he's a very valuable part of this, I feel like that kind of tips the scales against Frodo where it's like, you've got a hard job, but it's, I don't know if it's just his plight is difficult to sympathize with because he just always seems to be, like, putting himself in danger. And I I just don't know what it is. I see what
1: you're saying. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that maybe the movie didn't do a really good job convincing us just what type of bewitching power the ring has over him.
3: And not only that, too, but he never fully recovers from being stabbed at Weathertop in the first movie. Like, he never... Like that plagues him until the end of his days.
1: Right, so he's never at peak physical so, yeah, condition anyway. From the
3: get go. Yeah. But like
1: the ring, the the person who bears the ring is being like sucked dry of all of their life force. Like that's like they're they they have longer life. Like Bilbo has a, a, an extended life because the ring is literally in a symbiotic relationship with him mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why as soon as he uh, gets rid of the ring, he ages as much as he would have, right? Touches up. Yeah. And so th- it's this like weird thing where the ring is a a huge burden, like when Sam says that, he means it's a physical burden, that's why it's burning, you know, on his skin and everything like that, and it's guiding him so when he makes these poor choices that yeah. you're talking about it's not really frodo doing it in in return of the king where sam says do you want me to carry it for a while and frodo because he's so deep in this in you know being bewitched by the ring he just is paranoid now and, and thinks that sam wants it what they really should have done from the get-go is just like alternated every day yeah. <laughs> wearing this ring right that would have been smart, yeah yeah.
0: Well, yeah that's what they do in uh harry potter right like to- or- oh
3: yeah the one horcrux that they have yeah, yeah. it's been a while since i've watched those but- yeah
0: because like yeah ron's the one who's affected by it the most right but they yeah do. they yeah, passed yeah. It around Steve evenly between the three of them ah. yeah
3: they say in the in the movies you know the ring has a mind of its own like they, they make they point it out as a sentient thing but you don't really yeah it's tough because it.
0: like where you see it is in frodo but then that's almost all you see of frodo like you get these occasional moments of levity where he's like hey sam you're pretty great and yeah like, oh, yeah, yeah. Great no, it is, stuff, it's yeah.
1: not a great Role when it comes down to it, it's for the, it, it, for the rest of the. It's, it's hard to
3: convey, right? Well,
1: like, yeah, it's, I feel like. It's I mean just that O face of, that Elijah Wood has yeah, adopted his, in order to his his the, staring into uh, the yeah. camera. Like, oh,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, and then like it's often clouded over because he's he's always poisoned or webbed or drained right, yeah. somehow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's just it's it's hard to cheer for him, but he's also like the. I get that the point is also supposed to be like that's him like he's not this big heroic figure you're not going to see him like scratching through the dirt trying to get to where he needs to go yeah, yeah. with because you know, he's he's us. trumpets blaring right yeah he's yeah. he's a, a simple hobbit yeah Yeah. but then it's like well if I don't have that all I have is what I'm seeing and so that leaves me kind of underwhelmed I'm like just get the job done yeah <laughs> you know like show me Aragorn show me like show me Gimli like let's let's move on
3: it's like his weakness as a hero is what makes him a compelling and a strong hero like he's not a hero he is just the guy carrying it. Yeah, yeah. From a, but to do it all.
0: Yeah, from a storytelling standpoint, absolutely. From a movie standpoint, I don't. I I can't say that I have a better way of doing it, but it also yeah, exactly. It, it's it, for me, it doesn't make for compelling. Well, movie that's watching.
1: what in Return of the King. Whenever it goes back to Frodo and Sam, I'm always like, oh, yeah,
0: it, it, <laughs> it gets draining by that point. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Yeah, because you don't have yeah Gollum and Sméagol necessarily anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because Gollum in this one is the thing that really drives their their whole plot. Right, also is the, is
3: the heart of this. Yeah, also the heart of this movie. I would say like it's when I first saw him come on the screen for the very first time, like it was ripped out of my ten year old mind. Like everything about him was just exactly the way I read him on the screen. Oh, really? On the page. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It was such a surreal moment for me watching that. Wow. for The very first time. I remember
0: seeing a. I can't remember if it was a musical or just a play of The Hobbit at the Grand here in town. It was a few years back, and the person who did Gollum pretty much just did
1: Andy this. Circus. And that's yeah. really,
3: it's, that's I mean, all it that will to. ever be at this point. Yeah. Like, it's such a good job. Right. You can't it's such an iconic. It any other way. way.
0: Like, I don't I don't remember from, I mean, did either of you see that that animated yes. kind of version? Yeah, way back yes. when I was
3: a kid, and it's been
0: the one that, pushed
1: out of my mind similarly. The one with the rotoscope that ran out of money and had to stop <laughs> partway through the second, like, the two towers. Right.
0: So, I'm, I'm wondering, it this play that I saw was that just like that version, like the movie version of Gollum is just like it's all you can do now?
3: It's partly... Or is it that that's just kind of how the character is written and it was just really well brought both, to It's both, really. He did such a good job of taking him off the page and now uh, it's just such an iconic character that, you know, to do it any, way, any other way would have to be really, really well done and mm-hmm. some bold new take to be any good. Yeah, he was the main thing that people took away from this, I feel, too. Like, after... After this movie came out, Gollum became kind of, in a way, the face of the movies. And rightfully so, because Andy Serkis did such a great job that now he is the go-to motion capture guy. Like, he's in Avengers, he's in... He's King he's, Kong. He's, he's, he's uh, Supreme Leader Snoke in Force Awakens. Like, he's just the go-to. I haven't seen the Planet of the Apes movies, but he's the driving force of that now, too. Just speaks to how well he... how good of a job they did with him here, that he's now the guru in the industry for it.
1: Okay, so now that we've we've talked about Faramir and Gollum, we've talked about Sam, we've talked about Frodo, we've talked about Aragorn and Arwen and Eowyn. Let's talk about Legolas and Gimli, Hmm. because on my rewatching this time, it was the first time that I've kind of been like, wow, you two are really supposed to be the comic relief of this movie
3: Gimli especially
1: like Helm's Deep is a brutal battle Mm. it's terrifying what is you know (laughs) what's what's happening here when Haldir comes and you're so happy and then he dies and you're so sad (laughs) so sad I was I remember watching it with my dad once and he was like no! <laughs> he was like Audible
3: so, gasp. Yeah, yeah. It
1: was, like, really heartbreaking. <laughs> he was like, what? Like, no, he can't kill. He, they can't kill him. But so pretty. I know, he's so pretty. Oh, my God. Anyway, and so noble. and oh. Yeah, but it's anyway. so
0: unnecessary that he's there.
3: Well,
1: but that's, that's what's so holiday. cool
0: about it. He's just like, yeah, no, we came back from vacation. We got you. Yeah, so it's like we're here Peter to Jackson's honor. He's
3: like, ah, we need more elves in here. Just, just just, have another guy show up. We'll kill
1: him. But
0: no, it, but it'll, it'll be it's great. Not. It's, 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 yeah. it's them... It's them doing the same choice. It's realizing what's right and what's wrong. Exactly. And saying, like, we used because to... Because the
1: elves could just fuck off if they wanted to. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. And Later, bye. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. And they're saying... You know, they're kind of recognizing that the only reason that all these old packs and everything have fallen apart is because there hasn't been a unifying danger. So that's led to kind of infighting between all right. the different factions and So we're going to put, put our, species, our... So we're going
1: to... Differences aside. Exactly. All of this is going on and it's brutal. Mm-hmm. And... At the same time, Gimli and Legolas are like having counting. this, you know, ca- like yeah. counting how many Cutie. they've, they've killed and, you know, having these funny things. And like all of that is clearly just to try and bring some levity back just to this. To break this. the tension. Yeah, sure. exactly. To break the tension. And I love those, those lines. I love the line where, you know, Gimli can't see over the, thing and do you want a box yeah exactly shall i get you a box and so i'm not i'm not saying that they shouldn't be there but only on this rewatch was i kind of like uh it seems a little more shoehorned in than Mm -hmm. it has up until now did you guys feel that way too I, i felt that
0: way because i was looking forward to it um, like when they started, because in in fellowship you're like, yeah, these guys are all like awesome and badass. But then when Two Towers started and Gimli was getting tossed off horses and things, I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna do funny stuff, right? And then I think I was I was isolating it because I was looking for it, and it didn't feel like a break; it felt like an interruption,
3: mm-hmm. right? Like they they are really like they're it's really funny scenes, but yeah, I also felt more so than other watchings that it was really irrelevant. Gimli doesn't do much besides kill whatever 43 <laughs> yeah. orcs like
1: yeah i felt like
3: gimli suffered
0: for it more than legolas did because legolas does other things like he's shown to have emotional depth like he grieves when people die he does that little prayer for gandalf and everything and as well uh, legolas has this amazing little moment where when they're all surrounded by the Ro hip yeah, Rohirrim. <laughs> Rohipnol. <Rohypnol>. Whoa. is <laughs> a joke. <laughs> Much God, different movie.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when they're surrounded by them. And, uh, Eomer? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Gally? I'm surprised I've gotten this long. We've all done struggling very well with words. this, Yes. You could be making them up. No. And I would believe you when you're talking about. I know them all. <laughs> Similarly, and everything. I'm
3: now going to try to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Challenge accepted.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, they like when they're surrounded and Gimli kind of lips off to Aomer and Gimli gets threatened. Mm-hmm. And then even though they're surrounded and it would not go well, Legolas is like, are you threatening my friend right now? And he yeah. pulls out an arrow, just knocks it and then just points it right at Aomer's face and be like, try me dude. Yeah. And that's, that's... it's, it's this great moment where it's, it's like, that's the most teamworky thing we've seen from the entire fellowship. Mm. Oh my
1: God. I could not like have read it completely the opposite more. I feel like Gimli is the much more believable character and that Legolas seems like some sort of cyborg who has been <laughs> dropped into, and this is what the elves really are, like the elves do not have the same type of social interactions as, as m- the race of men and therefore also uh, dwarves do. Dwarves and men are a lot more similar than elves are to these, right? That's why That's why uh, Legolas, in Return of the King, when they're drinking, like, Legolas can drink like you yeah. know, 50, you know, they, they're not the same kind of base emotional thing. So in that scene, when uh, Eomir says, I would, you know, lop off your head, dwarf, and he says it in such a derisive, you know, very xenophobic type of way, right? yeah. uh, or racist type of way, I guess, would that it stood a little bit further from the ground or higher off the ground. And Legolas immediately goes to... You know, hype mode with his mode. bow and arrow, <laughs> sir. Hype. All <laughs> me and my friends always used to make fun of him for escalating way too high, way too fast. And even Aragorn is the one who's like, mm, "Dude, take it down a notch." Like,
0: but that's what I loved about it because it was, it was, it was like protecting and defending the honor of my friend is more important than anything else in this moment it was this i
1: guess but i see that as like a, a, a like he does not understand the social implications of <laughs> like you know interacting but with men <laughs>
0: I, I also think that there's a safety of being like this hyperhuman thing that he's like
3: he feels confident enough yeah to he's take like on this whole i'm gonna get this done
0: if i have to and i'm willing to and i think he also knows that it's a gambit like he's he's willing to say like i know that if i escalate this it's gonna get Put
3: down anyway, but I'll at least be able to you know, walk with pride. But then, with family at my side,
1: I see that as naivete. I don't see it as confidence at but then, all. But also
3: to add some some lore depth here, I'll be the, I'll be that guy again. I you here. I'll earn my keep then. Dwarves and elves are not great friends, and the, no, I know, and,
1: and they then and they're constantly being and the resounding thing
3: about like this friendship like you know we, 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 we get distracted because they're such great, such a great comedic team like the actors are great but we get so distracted we get so caught up in their antics like all oh, they're counting kills yeah yeah we forget that you know this is a historic friendship like you know we see, we see him in fellowship you know in awe of Galadriel and you know learning that he's maybe wrong about you know his judgments of elves and then throughout the rest of the, of the well I'll call it the movie because it's all one in my mind he is great friends with Legolas and we forget that such a historic change of attitudes
1: I don't think we forget, though, because like even in Helm's Deep, he's saying, like, I'll never let a pointy ear or something, uh, you know, beat me or whatever. Like, they're constantly making it obvious. it's kind of
3: dumbed down, I'll say. Like, it's like, oh, it's just there for Joe. He's he's pointing, he's, he's making fun of their differences. It's playful yeah. racism.
1: And I agree. I mean, the cast overall is fantastic, but I actually think that Orlando Bloom is the weakest of, of the lot. And and that's because I read uh, Legolas is a really naive, doesn't understand how to interact with the rest of this group and if i'm reading that wrong i think that that's orlando bloom's fault Hmm.
3: that's interesting (laughs) yeah dwarves overall are outliers as well too like they're not in the grand scheme of things they were intended to be there aluvatar the kind of the god let's say of the of this world intended for there to be elves and men Mm -hmm. and then one of the Valar kind of created the dwarves and was like hey these guys are pretty cool and (laughs) and then aluvatar lets them kind of Join the party, let's say. <laughs> like he, he lets them exist in the world. <laughs>
0: he so. buries them, thinking that's going to take care of it, and then they dig their way out. Yeah. It. Oh. Uh, well, it
3: turns awkward. out they're really good at this stuff. Yeah.
1: I think, I think too, like my my kind of anti Rohan, uh, because they're you know just these like, plebs in Jared comparison Farmers. to the Gondorites, is uh, indicative of when uh, Eowyn is just losing her shit, laughing at everything that Gimli's saying. Like Her laugh is so over the top at that joke that he makes, right? <laughs> Look at me, Aragorn. Look yeah. at me. Yeah, I know.
3: I'm so cute. I'm I get along so with your
0: friend, right?
1: really well yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um so i, I think that the, the dwarves the dwarves getting along really well or the dwarf Gimli getting along really well with the rohanians or whatever they're called what do you want to call them um are uh you know i think i think lends testament to the idea that they're kind of the the lower the class. lower class yeah. yeah
0: right i mean if we're talking about class and whatnot you do have to kind of admire what the orcs are capable of doing in terms of industry like they yeah. They put that war machine together. That is that is commendable. With a really high efficiency, <laughs> and like everybody knows how to make whatever. Like they have really good armor that they've built for these you creatures what that this never is existed. A, before. An allegory for her, right? Well,
3: we're not allowed to call it an allegory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tolkien's t- rolling in his grave right now. Are you, are you saying that? Oh,
1: Tolkien, what a dick. Obviously, it's an allegory. <laughs> don't
3: call it that, Lewis. Ruined them.
0: He's probably just embarrassed that people figured it out. Like, no, I, I don't do
3: allegories. <laughs> you do allegories. Shut up, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Aslan, Lewis? Shut up. No, like he he was concerned about you know things being taken that way. Like he he didn't want gandalf to be seen as kind of a christ figure you know, he was worried that because they don't
0: have a fucking
1: resurrection <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been done dude but it's so much
3: more than that yeah.
1: yeah but gandalf i really don't see gandalf as a christ figure because not, gandalf I, I is I a dick. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like gandalf is morally like quite ambiguous when it comes to a lot of things right like and mm-hmm. he also says that he is um weak to the ring right like he's not the he's not the perfect entity okay my f- okay my favorite one of my favorite things to make fun of is when um, Théoden is you know literally being puppeted by Sauron right mm. and he's laughing at Gandalf and he's like what can you do Gandalf the Grey or he calls him something different but he and basically Graham, yeah, yeah I mean, Greyhame yeah, <laughs> and Gandalf is like nope I'm now Gandalf the White and he t- tears off his cloak and, like, literally all that has changed is that he's now in white clothing as far as Soren is concerned, right? Like, his hair is different, but he's been able to see that the whole time. Right. And <laughs> so now he's like, oh, shit, you put on a white tunic? Fuck! Like, no, I'm not now, Gandalf the Grey. I'm the Gandalf room, the
3: Fabulous. <laughs> the
0: room does get a lot brighter. Like, I, <laughs> when I he don't takes know, off his cloak? I, it yeah. does. It, it,
1: but what I'm saying is, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that means that Gandalf the Grey could have just, you know, like gotten a really nice dye job and gone to you know a different tunic store got a white tunic instead and would have had the same effect because if it's all just show for sauron then
3: well
0: that violates the wizard bro code Yeah. (laughs) yeah they would never do that
3: well or the great thing there too like and this is where it breaks the christ allegory again because gandalf sacrifices himself to save the fellowship to save the whole mission to save his friends uh and he does die when he when he slays the balrog But he's sent back by the higher beings, by a Luvatar, like potentially by God himself of this world, to continue his quest. The Istari, the the wizards, were sent. They're the same class of Ainur that Sauron is. So they're on the same level as Sauron. They're sent to Middle Earth to kind of guide the mortal people to choose the right path. Mm. So they're they're there to advise and to not not to directly lead them because he he could lead them all the time. And you know when things. So they're are more, more like easier. prophets
1: than a messiah.
3: More prophets, kind of counselors. Yeah, they're not. Right. They're, they're not the messiah. They are the people who temper the messiah. So he's not only sent back. He's sent back with more power. You know, he Tolkien says in in one of his letters that you know Gandalf couldn't have treated with uh, with Saruman the way he does if he was still the gray. He's still on a lower well, class. Well, we saw what happened right. when
0: they did a one-on-one yeah, so when it was gray versus white.
3: Yeah. He gets his ass kicked. Yeah. yeah, In a breakdance fight. In a breakdance <laughs> fight. An old man breakdance fight. <laughs> yeah. no. So he, he he literally cannot deal with him the way he is. So that he yeah. enters that room concealing his, his new form because Saruman might suspect that he's been killed. But yeah. you know, it, 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 it wouldn't be the first time we think that Ganel's been I know. defeated.
1: No, and I get that. My, my beef is that the only thing that, that divulges the news <laughs> to Sauron is that There's he's got a, a new color. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the other, the weird thing with that, I mean, I get why they did it, but to, again, be aware of what's happening um, when Gandalf comes back and he reveals himself to Gimli, Aragorn, oh, and, yeah. and Legolas, and he's got Christopher Lee's voice. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, so in, in this world, that's Gandalf doing that and putting on that voice to confuse them and to
1: kind be a, of a dick. dick. <laughs> well, he, he's
3: also not really in complete coherence at that point. Like, he's not really sure who he is himself. Yeah, where he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah that is not... what
1: they used to call me. Yeah. I am Sauron. At least Wait, Sauron, Sauron as he should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Sauron. Sauron. Oh, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Well, and also, well, to, a degree, to a degree, who Sauron should have been.
3: Like, they are on the same level. They are the, they are the same breed of immortal-type god figure. Mm. So does anybody have any other big stuff they want to cover or I mean, we haven't we even touched to on mary and pippin and the tree beard but at the I same hate time that's i hate such pippin
1: so much i love mary and i hate pippin pippin is P- pippin okay ganoff should have killed pippin when he fool a took yes when yes. he when he when he nudged that skeleton <laughs> down that stupid he, he should have should thrown him down. him down yeah exactly oh, yes. he should have thrown him down That oh i hate him but, but he, yeah, I has understand why he's there. he has exactly, his role to exactly i understand why he's there but then <laughs> it also doesn't help that he's the one who's get gets Paired with wait is it him? No, it's Mary that gets paired with A.O.N. Isn't it?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, P- Pippin's with Denethor in
1: right. Yeah, and sings the song. The song. Yeah. Uh, Do you hate Pippin in that moment? No, I don't. I like Pippin there.
3: None can resist his song.
1: Yeah, it's good. And in the gross. Ending. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Hate that so part gross. so much. <laughs> it's really, it's oh really offputting.
0: Yeah. I love just, tomatoes, just but that scene almost ruins people it. People listening didn't pick up. We're talking about the part where what's the name? Denethor. Denethor. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where did John Noble from Fringe? Uh, Where he's, he's eating with his mouth, just like hanging open. Yeah. Just this horrible, disgusting. And it's, it's made worse by the fact that it's covering up this beautiful music. And and
3: at the same time, his son is potentially being murdered (laughs) because it's, it's playing while he's, yeah, 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 but but mouth sounds.
1: It flips between all three (laughs) scenes, right? Yeah. 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 God, it's horrible. Yeah. So Um, bad. No, he's he's the worst. And that's the so funny I, I remember the first time I saw Return of the King, I remember like hating Theoden and going into that and being like, Holy shit, Theoden's the best Yeah, <laughs> like, they, <it's laughs> awesome in <like>, comparison.
3: <laughs> but, like and that's also part I love about Gandalf too, is that he's supposed to be able to revise people and not take a direct hand as much as he does in the moment when he smacks the shit out of denifer he's like that's it i'm fucking
1: (laughs) i'm done here i'm done reasoning (laughs) let's just beat the crap out of this guy shut up (laughs) fantastic scene
3: but
0: that's great because he does that in both movies i mean granted he has to get involved because saruman's in theoden is in theoden's head but yeah he's just he's gone to this point where he's like men yeah stop <laughs> fucking
3: this up yeah
2: okay.
3: i'm not trying to get involved i did not die for this shit right <laughs> to go sideways
1: i'm trying to help you and that's another thing i mean like one of those jokes that has become like memeified is like why didn't they just send the eagles why didn't yeah. they you know bring frodo with an eagle to get there in the first place right and like the obvious answer to that is that you know it's a story <laughs> we yeah. need to have or an actual thing. story yeah. right
3: yeah and they flew the ring to to mordor and the end yeah exactly
1: yeah. Yeah. But but not even just the fact that it's a story and we wouldn't have a story if not. That is, if we look, think of Gandalf as kind of the the puppet master, like the orchestrator of this whole story, he knows that this needs to be done in this specific way, or else Middle Earth won't learn anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if I solve your problem with my magic, um, you won't learn anything. And that's another place, I think, where it diverges from any type of Christ story, right? Where, yeah. like, this is... Is he's not there to be a savior. He's not there to die for men. He's there to try and teach them something, as you said. Mm. And if the time of men had fucked up and and everybody had died, Gandalf would have been like, "Well, that sucks. I'm going to live with the elves now." Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you really, you know, you, you. I, I tried my best, and uh, you failed. Just wash my hands of this whole situation. Honestly, that's that is up. what he would have I'm done. Yeah. yeah, seriously, that's what he would have done, and that's why I think Gandalf is a really cool character. Gee, right? Because he's yeah. not, you know, he's not just doing this because he, that's what's right or anything like yeah. this is just wh- one of my favorite throwaway scenes is when shadow facts rise up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah oh it was good yeah. it was really nice but that's it i mean my friends and i always joke that that like somehow that horse is super sexy like <laughs> it, it's filmed in a way that you're just kind of like damn that is a hot horse <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> there was some meme thing going around recently with, like, of, of a horse like that in real life where you're just running around and there was a whole they the, the internet the internet deemed him really attractive oh, like, <laughs> it's
1: like, like like super hot runner guy. yeah it's like but fabio hair flowing out behind him yeah. it's, it's that same thing yeah but. no i i sympathize entirely I'm, yeah. I'm
3: team Shadowfax though still this this other horse didn't have shit on
1: Shadowfax. <laughs> uh the reason i brought up shadow facts is that it's one of those things where you know he says look to me on the fifth day or whatever i bet he could have magicked them there a little sooner but he needed to know that they did whatever they needed to do in order to learn their lesson, hopefully. (laughs) That's
3: the thing. They they can't just be given salvation. They have to to earn it. They have to suffer for it. Yeah, exactly. They have to have that moment of grief to get the joy from it.
1: And, okay, another thing that I find really interesting about this that I only noticed this time is because of them putting all the women and children into the actual caves of Helm's Deep, none of the women and children die. Uh, And it's, it's, you know, maybe we can uh, say that some of the, like, boys who are soldiers die fine but <laughs> we don't actually see any of that Most happen likely, yeah. but in return of the king if i remember correctly when it's the battle of Minas Tirith, there is no holds barred like people like women children are oh, dying are in the streets yeah. yeah exactly they're in the streets getting clobbered so yeah. this is it's an amazing escalation to that movie that i think you know this is they had to learn their lesson and really what happened is they didn't
3: yeah like well, <laughs> rohan learned the lesson but gondor was still being cocky black behind their walls well, but and, yeah i and don't even gondor refused or rohan refused to share the lesson that's what that, that's what
1: i'm getting at like, is that rohan look, hey, guys, didn't yeah. didn't didn't share the lesson with them yeah. and if they had maybe uh Minas Tirith wouldn't have been decimated in the way yeah. that it was right
0: now you know <laughs> exactly yeah All right. Well, I think that uh, this has been going on for a while, so we should start wrapping it up. So the way that we always do so is by giving this movie a star rating, as we have put into our own Netflix profiles. So one star means you hated it. Two stars means didn't like it. Three stars means liked it. Four stars is really liked it. And five stars means you loved it. As well, I want to hear your MVP from the movie. So, Hoog, let's hear yours first.
3: Uh, I think it's pretty clear. I'm going to give this a five. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies, based on one of my favorite books by one of my favorite authors, and I gotta say they really do—they really do a great job adapting it. Like there are like I, I watch a lot of things that are adapting, you know, Game of Thrones, the Marvel movies—they're all based off. So many things these days are based off of books and comics and whatnot, and I, I really feel that for all its flaws, amongst you know, m- amongst the diehard fans, it really does a good job of taking that tale and making it palatable for all audiences in a way that's true to both, more or less. And presenting it well with great theatrics, the like great, great set design, great production values, like even the extras are great. Like I really, there's there's no performance in this I don't like. Like no 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 one really stands out as being terrible. So automatic five stars for me. And my MVP is David Wenham as Faramir. Mm. Uh, I Like I say, he's my favorite character, my favorite underdog character of this movie. There's so many characters to choose from, but he like i said he sets the he sets the table for the third act like he his decisions are so pivotal and it's a great performance too. to 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 yep. take a character who seems like so little and knock it out of the park is just great so kudos all around how about you caroline
1: nice that i agree with everything you just said <laughs> um this is also five stars for me and always has been uh since i stepped out of the theater and then the extended edition definitely five stars Well, five and
3: a half for the extended. <laughs> right yeah
1: exactly 10 out of 5 stars for the extended edition. (laughs) New rubric for the extended edition. Exactly. And yeah, I agree with everything you were saying, that everything about this movie is fantastic in my books. I would give all three movies 5 stars, but I really like this one uh, just because I think that it does the best in terms of storytelling, but it also, I mean, has the advantage of being the easiest one for that. It doesn't need to have all the setup of the first one, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to have all the denouement of the last one. For my MVP, I actually, even though I've done this... Many times before, I forgot about the fact that we had to come up with an MVP, (laughs) and so this is very difficult. But I really love your choice of Faramir, so I think I might copy you. Yeah, yeah, Uh, and my reasoning for that. I like it. Yeah, no, I I mean, I, I, I'm, I think that he's fantastic, and that he is definitely the person in this movie who is introduced in this movie who stands out the most to me. I mean, the other options are Aelmir. Eowyn, Theoden, and a bunch of other people I don't like. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, Faramir. Uh, I mean, other than the fact that, clearly, for the whole trilogy, Sam is a fantastic character. Aragorn's a fantastic character. Gollum's a fantastic character. And, you know, the performances are all fantastic. But, yeah, Faramir, nice.
0: Uh, For me, and I'm eyeing the door as I say this to make (laughs) sure I can scoot out quickly, uh, (laughs) I'm saying four.
1: That's fine. No, yeah. no. You're clearly no. not as into it as Hoog and I are. Yeah, that's no, <laughs>
0: right. Well, and I don't know how I would have felt about the theatrical version. And, I mean, like, context is so much of this. Like, I love the idea of Lord of the Rings and everything that it was, and I felt disappointed by The Hobbit because I felt like it was something that was kind of done to yeah, me. Yeah. Like, it's not, that <laughs> it's not that I don't love this world or anything. It's just there's, there's a practicality to watching a four-hour movie and to feel the entire time, like, yes, I'm still swimming in this and this is everything that I needed to be. That just wasn't landing for me this time. So I don't know if I'm maybe just in a a bit of a downward swing (laughs) of it. And then the next time I watch it, when I'm watching it with my kids for the first time, that'll be like a whole different thing. But, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel perfect. Um, and I did have those, those kind of moments of dissonance that I mentioned, but I mean, it's terrific. It's, (laughs) it's so well done. It's so highly polished. It's, probably the most among the most effective world building that any movie has ever done to be able to stretch that across three movies and to just feel like you're coming home every time is, is absolutely amazing. And then for performance, I mean, I don't want to sell short the CGI team or anything like that, but Andy Serkis Mm -hmm. doing Gollum and Spiegel, Mm -hmm. like this is his, this is his movie. Right. And to, to feel that, Battle in yourself about how you feel about him because you have this revulsion because <laughs> he's a really ugly character, but then with those big eyes and just and the the scene where he's fighting with himself back and forth, and then the later one when he turns heel and Gollum wins and <laughs> no.
1: and it was just it's <laughs> you're both wrestling nerds and I hate I it. Used to
3: be former. I just that's a great term I It is a great term. Some of those... turns heel and puts Frodo over. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's just also incredible and the fact that it's done through this motion capture thing that's just it's still the standard bearer for that kind of performance that I don't think anybody else has has quite done
3: yet. Avatar comes close maybe
0: it does but Avatar is more about that's again like that's Im- immersion and world building yeah. it's not about individual performances or, or bringing a character the technology to perhaps to but life. not the performance yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: so can I ask you something both yes. of you guys something based on what you just said Dylan generally do you think that this movie gets enough These, these this trilogy gets enough love I think
0: it does. I think that the people who speak fondly of it speak extremely fondly of it. I mean, the internet loves these movies. I mean, they've memified it oh, yeah. and kind of cannibalized it a that, bit for that, that, that sort to of it, thing. For sure. But I mean, it's it's highly respected in in terms of Rotten Tomatoes, in terms of IMDb. I think that there are people who they I don't, guess what I mean they, is like I think there are people who don't get into it and therefore they are bored the entire time. But I I can. I can understand why somebody would feel that way.
1: I guess Mike, from kind of like a, if I were to try and look from an outsider's perspective, Star Wars to me always gets more love than Lord of the Rings does. And I don't really understand why.
3: That's a certain accessibility to it. I think uh, the Star-, so Star Wars, Star Wars, is more Star Wars accessible. Has, a, has more accessibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could,
0: I think that time has time helps. a lot to do with that. Right. Cause I think that these mo- like, okay, so this trilogy I would say is better than the original Star Wars trilogy. I yes. don't have any problem saying that out loud right Um, but in terms of Star Wars is also a tremendous success of creating a world that keeps growing and keeps building upon itself this was something where like this is done it is complete and then when you take a much smaller part of that universe and you try to explode it into this again... Yeah, it, it, it went it, very it flopped, poorly. But that's, so, yeah, that's I guess... a kettle of fish.
1: <laughs> Both of you have kids, and you said that, you know, eventually you're going to watch this with your kids, Dylan, and obviously yeah. you're going to watch oh, it obviously. with your little elf. Yes. Um, what, what age are you going to introduce... These movies to your kids.
0: Oh because it's like this and Star Wars, they're both extremely violent and we've got to get a ways before before we get into to that sort of thing.
3: It, it depends on emotional maturity of the kid, yeah, you know, right. Like if, if it's not it's not for super young. I mean like I, I watched Star Wars at age eight, I think, as much as I, so did I. It. And
1: But I think what what you're saying about accessibility, I think Star Wars. Is a type of movie that you can watch at age eight and enjoy, but not really understand what's going on. This movie, I feel like you wouldn't enjoy if you're yeah, eight. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> I, I, this one's I, a bit
3: older. It's a bit heavier. It's it's hard to sit through the sheer volume of it, and yeah. definitely be a theatrical version first time. Right. Yeah. Um, so is that kind of
1: what you mean about accessibility generally, not just for children, but like
3: yeah, like it's probably it's probably the emotional maturity for the violence and all that. Like that's its own thing, but also just. To digest everything that's coming at you, like it's—it's
1: it's a lot more cerebral.
3: It's so much to take in. It's—it's it's more. It's a much more developed world than Star Wars was. Yeah, it's—it's
0: right. it's the kind of thing that I, I think Lord of the Rings is the kind of thing that if you take the time with it and you spend time living in that world, it's probably going to be more nutritious for you. Like I, I, <laughs> but I'm still
3: finding things in it. Like having read the books and coming back to the movies yeah. and then watching, the, reading the books again. I'm yeah. still, I'm still getting sustenance off it.
0: Yeah, Star Wars <laughs> is fed to you. And Star Wars is also a movie first. Like, it was, yes. that's that's this is the
3: medium that it was designed for. Yeah. And George um, Lucas was flying by the seat of his pants the entire time.
1: So. Yeah. Right. No, and I don't think it is fair to actually compare these yeah. two trilogies at all. I'm just saying that from my kind of, if, if I look at from an outsider perspective, I don't see Lord of the Rings ever getting to the same kind of cultural status that Star Wars is at. Why I'm bringing this up is that if I were to have a conversation with someone and they were to tell me that they don't like the Star Wars movies, I'd be like, I get that. You know, they're pretty campy and dopey and you know ridiculous at this time and if you didn't watch them when you were eight and you weren't like oh my god this yeah. is fantastic i can see why you wouldn't have that nostalgic forgiveness for all, for
3: for all it. sci-fi and fantasy i forgive people if they don't get into it right like i saw a fellowship for the first time new year's eve with my dad and my brother my brother didn't like it and it's just not his cup of tea and if it's not your cup of tea you're not gonna get into it okay especially but, with the fellowship because as good as the world building is for what it's trying to bring from the page yeah it's heavy-handed it yeah. has to be well it's it, very slow The Fellowship is very slow.
1: So I didn't see Fellowship in theaters. I saw it for the first time, uh, you know, like on DVD. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was terrible. I like stopped watching it partway through. I thought it was really boring. I had no... I didn't want to see it at all. And then Robert, who you guys both remember, was like, Caroline, you're stupid. Like, you're going to love these once you actually get into them. And I'm dragging you to the second movie. And so he was like, don't, like, if you're confused about stuff, just like power through and we'll talk about it afterwards. And we went and saw The Two Towers in theaters. And I came out being like, holy fucking shit, this is the <laughs> best movie ever. Even not really understanding like everything, right? Like, yeah. I didn't have the background for a whole lot. Robert was just basically like, okay, these people have been separated and they're trying to destroy a ring. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you don't have to worry too much about other than that. And-
3: you can see the same thing going on right now with Game of Thrones. So many people watch it and they don't know the characters' names. Like, it's a joke for for fans. Like, oh, who's this person? Right. You know, like, only now, six seasons in, are people really getting that stuff beaten into their heads. Like, you know, this person is this house. And even still, there's a divide. So uh, this, the same thing happens here. Like, Game of Thrones is a, is much more titillating.
1: Both of you guys either being really polite or I didn't make myself clear enough. <laughs> is this... A type of high art that is inaccessible because it is higher art than something like Star Wars, which is more uh, popcorn kind of. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm not going to say that this is more high art. I'm going to say that Star Wars is more pop. Star Wars is a commodity more than Lord of the Rings is.
1: Okay.
3: And I would say that it's it's just the world building gets in its way. You know, if you're if you like, it it loses people with the world building. I feel sometimes like with the Fellowship lead in.
1: So you don't think that. Lord of the Rings was deliberately trying to be more elitist.
3: I don't think so, no. I don't think it was
0: deliberately trying to do so. I think that it, you couldn't avoid it with right. the source material if you wanted to treat it with any kind of
3: authenticity. Right. Because Tolkien is pretty elitist in his writing style. Yeah. And the fact that they go to such lengths to put in all the humor, I think, speaks to the fact that they aren't trying to be elitist, per se. Right. That's that's the accessibility. Like, that's your end point. And you, when have, the... you have the hobbits as the everyman, and you have Gimli and Legolas dicking around. Like, that's your...
1: Like, when... when when Legolas throws his shield down and rides it like a skateboard, yes, which is still <laughs> nothing compared
3: to the campy theatrics he pulls off in The Hobbit. Oh god, movies. when
0: he's running up to falling rocks,
3: that was I was so excited he was going to be in it because it makes it makes sense logistically for him yeah. to be there. But then he turns into a ninja.
0: That part made me angry. Like I was so angry at the movie when that happened.
1: I only saw the first Hobbit because first I was Hobbit's like... the best one. Well, and I was like, it's, "This is only going to go down from downhill from here." So
3: the only bad thing about the ho- first one was Radagast, but.
1: Is that the, the, the made up?
3: The orc? well, not made up. That's no. the oh, it's it's the, bird poster. Poster. the other Astari, the other wizard. Oh, I see. Never mind. Okay, yeah, with the sled. Yeah, that's I, yeah I thought. I thought the bad
1: part about that one was where they came. Come up with this whole other, like climactic scene. They make up this whole storyline with that other orc.
3: There's grounds for that in. Tolkien's other stories. Okay. There's grounds for Thornton's backstory.
0: Yeah, there's a scene that I'm talking about where he's basically... I think he's on a bridge or a staircase or something, and it's crumbling beneath him, and he runs up these rocks as they're falling, like a Super Mario game.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it's very,
0: very distracting. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's all all done through, like... Like, basically the the scene from Return of the King where he slides down the oliphant I know uh, yeah that for three movies (laughs) I was reading about
1: that I was reading about um something where people are like remember where those there's these slightly ridiculous things that Legolas does in the original thing all the Hobbit movies are just that amplified a hundred times yeah Yeah. no and I actually really like those parts like I thought I I I'm sold on him you know doing that ridiculous horse horse mount oh that's
3: so unnecessary no it is unnecessary but I'm
1: sold on it like I still I, I I think that this is how we understand that you know this is not Legolas is not just a really good looking man, like he is, yeah. like he is magical, right? And he's like,
3: like he's holding back around these men, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He
1: is holding back, which is another thing. I know that we are like way over, and it's the extended episode. Hopefully, you can, yeah, exactly. Hopefully, you can stick this all somewhere else. But another thing about how Gandalf is, you know, we we kind of forget that Gandalf is also holding back on a lot of yes. this, right? Yeah. Where like you know, the elves and Gandalf do not the, the fact that they're invested in what's going on is really important because they know that no matter what happens if this fails they're still going to be okay and so the fact that they're actually helping that this will
0: well i think that's kind of why they start to get involved or at least more with the ends at least like that's why like there are these like otherworldly be- beings who like at first they think that they can choose to not take sides and be all right. switzerland about it until they realize that hey people can raise switzerland to the ground as
3: well right. yeah. which is
1: funny because the hobbits back in the shire ha- have never understood how close they came to total annihilation and right? in the
3: book they never do or in the movie they never do
1: yeah in the movie they never do but in the book they do they, in the book they become, they're enslaved
3: by Saruman when they come back yeah, yeah
1: which is one of the extended scenes it's they they see it the in, vision the, yeah, yeah the they, vision. they sneak
3: it in there which is what i which is what i mean when i say that he does such a good job of sneaking things in yeah past the everyman movie watcher all right well this has been a lot of fun yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
3: thanks very much Hoog. thank you for having me with a liquid ooh, hug
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna
2: do that
0: uh yeah no i appreciate having a reason to revisit this and i'm i haven't watched it yet because i wanted this to be the only thing on my mind i didn't want to be having too much return of the king in my head but especially theatrical version i'll be happy to to knock that off <laughs> uh fairly soon but yeah it was, it was nice to come back home
3: as the hobbits are always saying yeah Yeah. go back home
0: is there anything that you'd like to take the opportunity to like plug or anything like that uh
3: yeah sure uh i'm on twitter at i am a regular contributor now for a website called final fantasy union which is one of the leading final fantasy fan sites in the world they've been gracious enough to be hosting some of my writing and uh i'm trying to restart my blog a little bit so there'll be details coming out on that in time right and you're on. also on letterbox now and letterbox yes when i remember to use it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: that's going to be everything for this week from the netflix podcast if you liked what you heard today head on over to our website at netflixblog.wordpress.com to check out the rest of the content like show notes articles and reviews you can also find us on all sorts of social media platforms we're on facebook as netflix we're on Twitter at Netflix Pod. You can find me there at Dylan Clarkmore.
1: And you can find me there at Deezin, D I E Z Y N.
0: And uh, in case you missed it, Hugathy is H uh, O O G A T H Y. Perfect. Uh, Netflix is also on Tumblr and SoundCloud as Netflix Podcast. And you can find me on Letterboxd as Dylan Clarkmore.
1: And you can find me there at Deezin.
0: And yeah. Hoogathy as well. Perfect. We all used our Twitter handles. That's fantastic. Good for us. Coherence. So Letterbox is just—it's a great place for movie fans to come together, talk about movies, rate their movies, catalog things. I do like to love to those have, lists. I'm I do love—I do love lists and catalogs and things that amalgamate data. Yeah, mm. Mm. <laughs> love it. <laughs> These are the kinds of people who like Lord of the Rings. Ladies, it's so true. <laughs> for Gondor. If you'd like to support the show, there are a few ways you can do so. You can start by heading over to iTunes or whichever podcast platform you prefer and subscribing so that each week's episode comes straight to you. While you're there, drop a rating and a review to let us know what you think. And as I've been imploring people for the last little while, be sure to tell your friends about what's going on here because we think it's pretty cool and people aren't going to know that if they never hear about it. You can also contribute directly to Netflix by way of our Patreon campaign. Whether it's for the rewards or if you'd just like to see us keep doing what we're doing, you can pledge your support either over at patreon.com and search for Netflix or you can click the support button at the top of the blog. The Netflix podcast is produced and edited by me, Dylan Clark Moore, and the theme music was provided by Zach Moore. Thank you very much for checking out this week's episode of the Netflix podcast, and be sure to join me here next week for a whole new conversation about a couple of movies from the Netflix catalog, because even if you think you've seen it all, you ain't streamed nothing yet.
2: For Gondor! For door. <laughs>